Folks, welcome back to the Shots Fired podcast. We're your host, Billy, and I'm Kyle. Um, we got an awesome guest on for you guys tonight. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to the Tried and True guys. Uh, if you're all about hunting and fishing, give them a follow, Tried and True 916. Big supporters of our show. We appreciate that. Uh, make sure you guys give them a follow. Again, Tried and True 916. If you're all about hunting and fishing, give those guys a follow. They are retired law enforcement and military. So, if you're into that stuff, uh, check them out. Um, we can't thank them enough. Introducing our next guest with you, we have a retired United States Marine Corps veteran. He served from 2011 to 2015. Uh, he did three deployments to include Afghanistan, Jordan, and Iraq. He was with the O331 Machine Gunner with the 2nd Battalion, 7th Marine Golf and Weapons Company. Uh, I'd like to introduce to you guys Caden Prickett. And Caden, thanks for coming on with us and doing this for us. We really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, yeah. awesome. Hey, uh, so why don't we get into um, we'll get into your um, your your experience and your deployments in, in the war, and we definitely want to touch on the what's going on in Afghanistan right now. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, why don't you share with us a little bit where you grew up at? Um, so I grew up in Marshfield, Wisconsin, um, smack dab center of the state. Um, I don't know. It was a small town growing up, but I guess it's kind of big. It's 20,000 people. Um, but there's more what, cows. Was it like 20 when you were born and then it grew or was it always been like 20,000 is like, pretty small, dude. <laughs> it's always maintained like 20,000 people. Cause okay. like um, the town that I was born in started at like when I was born, it was 7,000 and now it's like 60 or 70, but that's a whole nother Yeah, I mean, it, it probably creeped up a little bit, but, um, there's always been more cows than people there. So <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So you grew up in Wisconsin. Um, is that where you went to high school and graduated before going off to the military? Yep. So I went to school, um, in Marshfield at the high school, graduated from there barely. Um, sounds like me. Yeah. Sounds like all of us. I, had I, know, a, I was graduating <laughs> until two weeks before graduation. So I had an awesome principal who, uh, I actually went to the alternative school. So I was like, Halfway done with my senior year, I kept getting in fights, and uh, my principal knew I wanted to be in the marine or be a marine. So he uh, told me he's like, "Hey, you can go to the alternative school." And I was like, "Well, that's where all the retards and fuck ups go. Like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm not a bad kid." And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, but if you go there, we give you all your schoolwork for the year, and as soon as it's done, you're done." I was like, "Oh, fuck it, I'll go." So he sent me there. I got all my shit done in two weeks. Um, Dang finished school the hell December, January. And then I worked all the way up until I left for the Marine Corps. And what that was your senior year? Yeah. Okay, cool. And how old were you? Were you seventeen, eighteen? Like um I was eighteen I thought, when I 18, when I went okay. in. Yeah. So it sounds like you knew you wanted to go in the, into the military like specifically the Marine Corps. Like what what made you choose the Marine Corps? Um I don't know. At five years old my parents said I walked in the house and said I'm gonna be a United States Marine. So nice. They're like, yeah. really? Okay. And then how do they feel just, about that? Like military were, background in your family or, um, I mean, my uncle was in the air force. Um, my grandpa was in the Navy in world war two, a purple heart recipient. Um, yeah. 
but like my dad tried to join, uh, he had a thyroid issue. So every branch of service denied him. Um, mm. but I mean, yeah, they were super supportive. I mean, finding out later in life, they didn't want me to do it, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, but like, I don't think any parents want that. Right? No. Yeah. Is that, be- <laughs> is that because the war, is that because the war had kicked off and, in you know the early 2000s is that yeah why? i mean i was third grade when 9 11 happened okay um, and i remember that day vividly but um yeah. it was they they always knew like i want to be an infantry guy i want to go overseas mm-hmm. and i want to shoot bad guys in the face <laughs> yeah i think a lot of guys probably share that you know i i can actually vividly remember i was a freshman in high school when 9 11 happened and i it's crazy. Like I, I think everybody probably remembers what they were doing when that happened. I was getting ready to go to school. I was in high school, obviously freshman, getting dressed. My my mom's like, "Hey, did you come here and look at this on TV or whatever?" And I and I'm like watching it on the news. And as a freshman, I I don't I mean I don't think I really knew what what really what was going on. And I, I remember the first tower was already hit. Smoke's coming from it. She's explaining it to me. And I, I mean, shit. At the time, I was like, okay. And then while we're watching it on the news, boom the second plane hits. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, like did that just happen? And it was a big deal. And then I went to school and everybody wanted to talk, like talk about it and watch it on TV in in our classrooms. And, and, um, we, every class I went to, it was on TV, except my biology class. My, my <laughs> biology teacher was like, we're not watching this. Like, I don't think he thought it was a, a big deal is what it was, but yeah. I do remember that day vividly. I remember exactly oh, yeah. what I was doing and I was in my mom's bedroom Watch it on TV unfold. No, I, yeah, I mean, I was in, too. I was in third grade, so you know, my homeroom teacher, Mrs. Swenson, I still remember her. But we got, <laughs> yeah. we was got dismissed from school. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she was just a wonderful old lady. But uh, we got released from school, and I lived two blocks away. So I walked home, and I came in the house. My dad was working. My grandma was on the couch crying, and then the second wow. plane hit as I walked in the door. Yeah, and. I looked at my grandma and I said, I'm going to go over there and kill these guys one day. She's like, Caden, don't talk like <laughs> that. Yeah, my, my grandma is about as Catholic as they come, like church every day. So I'm sure she's, yeah. she probably said a prayer for me right there and <laughs> try to get me rebaptized or something. But yeah, I, like if I have one regret in life, it, it definitely was not. I remember feeling very angry about that as well. And, and, you know, I graduated high school in 2004 and I, a lot of my buddies, a lot of guys I went to high school with enrolled in the military for the same reason. Like they were after high school, they were like, I'm going to go into the military and get some, like, I'm, I'm going to fucking kill these terrorists. I I never did. Um, and it, if I don't regret a whole lot in my life, but if it's one thing I do regret, it wasn't, it's that I didn't go in the military and do that. Um, yeah, but at that time, dude, you, fuck, you probably wouldn't even be here. I mean, that was, yeah. Oh, four, Oh five lose. was Fallujah. Oh six yeah. was Ramadi. So I, yeah, so there were yeah. some guys that, that I went that I graduated with. Um, one of them was killed, um, and then we had one guy um, got hit by an IED, double amputee. Um, he's still around, good dude, uh, Noah. And yeah, we had some guys definitely get wounded and from my graduating class. So I mean, do you yeah. remember? Do you remember what you were doing on nine eleven? Oh, I remember exactly what I was doing on nine eleven. I I was. You were probably drinking. Yeah. Well. <laughs> There's, there's that with no there. It was like eight o'clock in the morning our time. You were. I'm trying to do the math right now. Like, hey, mom, dad, if you're watching, I was completely sober. Yeah, I was going to school. Um, no, I was. Uh, I remember sitting in the because we'd get to school early, 
because a few of the derelicts, we would, you know, hang out in the park. You were in high school, right? Yeah, high school. I was, uh, fuck, I can't, I think I was a junior. Okay. What year did you graduate? Uh, 04. And you were a freshman? I was a freshman, yeah. Okay, well, then by math, I graduated 03, so I was a sophomore. (laughs) Right? Hey, this guy. Numbers are hard. No, whatever. I, I think you're wrong, actually. I think you were sophomore, but, um, no, it's freshman. Okay. It's Nevada City. That's we just want to know if you remember. Okay, okay. I remember exactly what I was doing. You know, like sitting there, and my buddy's telling me he's like, "Hey," because I didn't know. I I'm uh, I was a <laughs> I, I had shit to do in the morning, kind of thing, and TV wasn't one of those. And you know, I'm running out the door, get to school or whatever, and my buddy's like, "Hey, dude, did you did you hear what happened?" And he's like, "I'm like, no." He's like, "A fucking plane hit the." the world trade center I'm like what's the world trade center yeah we didn't even know, I didn't even know what it <laughs> yeah. was either and he's like it's in uh, new york i was like oh no shit yeah and then uh remember going to class and we're watching watching it in class and that's when the second one hit and i remember at first thinking like oh it, you know like it could have been an accident like that's the first one i was like i think it, everybody it, was. It was sketchy right like yeah you know like it seemed weird or whatever but like this could be an accident and then once the, the second one hit the other tower, I was like, oh, shit, we're under fucking attack. And, like, I think I had the same feeling that a lot of young men had at that point. Like, hey, let's let's, let's take yeah. care of this shit. Yeah. Like, let's go handle it. And um, I think, like Kyle, one of my one of my only regrets, and I don't have any, I, I can't think of any regret other than this. Because I got out of, when I got out of high school, I had no guidance. Not that my parents were good, but I had no way that I went to college for like two semesters and was like, oh, I'm going to, I think I was a firefighter. I'm going to be a firefighter. And I dropped out of college and ended up working construction for 10 years. But um, I look back at it and I go, hey, I should have gone in the military and done something. Well, Maybe I won't be here. Maybe I wouldn't be here. But, you know, because uh, like Kyle, I, I had a good friend that uh, didn't grow up with, but he was a girlfriend's friend's husband and we ended up becoming pretty good friends at some point, but we didn't know each other for a long time, but he did a couple deployments. I think on the second or third deployment was Afghanistan and he was killed in Kandahar or Kandahar, Kandahar Providence. Um, they made a movie about it. Uh, yeah. The outpost. Right. Your, outpost. Oh, outpost. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he was there and uh, I remember that hit me and that's actually other than the fact that my dad was in law enforcement was pro- I, stronger than my dad being in law enforcement was probably the reason I got into law enforcement because I was like, and my time's passed. Like I'm not going to go to the military. I think I was 27 at that point, 26 somewhere. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's like an 18 year old thing. So uh, I went into do whatever, <laughs> whatever service I think I could have done and law enforcement may or may not be it, but uh, that's what I chose. Yeah. Yeah. So, we all remember what what nine where we were on nine eleven, and people listening to this are probably probably thinking back in their heads like what they were doing, you know. Well, I, mean, I think that even do. if you aren't born or don't remember it, it's it's a you you think about it and it's affected your life a hundred percent. It's affected your life. We've all gone through yeah. TSA or whatever. We've all flown or something. I don't know, but oh, it's yeah. it's affected your life no oh, matter absolutely. what. Well, that was the hardest America. thing about being so young was like every year it was like, is the war going to be over? Oh, yeah. You know, I never truly believed that. All right. What? 2001, the war kicked off. I got there 11 years later. Yeah. Like I, there were, 
there was no That's way crazy. I was going to make it. And then, yeah. sure as fuck, then, on yeah, boots on the, the ground thick, in the thick of it, yeah. So, yeah, so and and I want to get. We're definitely going to talk about, um, you know, what's going on today in Afghanistan, and everyone has their own opinions on it. Um, you'll, you'll have more of an inside knowledge on that than we do, but we'll get into that later. So, uh, you're in high school. You've you've already decided at at five years old you're going to be a Marine. So, how'd that work out? You go into the recruiter's office. You signed up. Like, how did that how'd that pan out for you? So, uh, uh, there was a recruiter in my school. Um, I was a sophomore. And I knew some of the guys that had joined the National Guard. The National Guard lets you enlist their junior year. And then that summer, between your senior year, you can go to boot camp. And then your senior year is done, you're in the military. So I talked to a recruiter when I was a sophomore. And I was like, hey, I want to join next year, go to boot camp during the summer. And then when I'm done with high school, you could send me to infantry school. He's like, yeah, dog, it don't work like that. So... <laughs> At 17, in the military, you don't get to tell them what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah imagine that. <laughs> so, uh, at, at 17, I enlisted, my parents signed the paperwork. Um, and then I sat in what's called the delayed entry program for a year. Um, so you go to your recruiting station once a week and you do workouts and, um, yeah. and once a month on a Saturday, you do a workout. It's just a clusterfuck trying to get you kind of used to how things are going to be and blah, 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 blah. And they just make sure you're in some sort of shape to go there. Um, so I did that for a year. And then when I graduated, um, I graduated early. So then I had to just sit around and wait until I could leave. Okay. And what year was that? Um, so I graduated in 2011. And I went. I left for boot camp um, July 31st. And I started boot camp August 1st. Okay. What was, uh, what was boot camp like for you? I mean, you were what, probably 18 years old, 19, maybe I was 18. Um, I had a fucking blast. I mean, <laughs> okay. The, the first week you do nothing. It's, it's the total opposite of boot camp. So like everybody's in a squad bay and that's just where all your beds are and shit. But like, there's no drill instructors around. Nobody's fucking with you. And so they give mm. you this whole week to fuck off. And then black no Friday shit. happens. <laughs> And Black Friday is that Friday is when you get divided in your platoons and you get your drill instructors and then all fucking hell breaks loose. <laughs> um, but like that first week fucked me up. I remember writing my parents in <laughs> a letter that first week like, this is nothing Mommy. like I thought. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I That's was funny. the platoon bully. So... The drill instructors would come to me and say, hey, fuck this dude up, and I'd go fuck him up. Um, <laughs> we had fight club in the showers. I don't know if I should talk about this or not, but, like, you'd go in the showers, <laughs> and if you had a problem with another recruit, you'd fight. No yeah, face you'd fight it out, yeah. So I was in there yeah. fighting people all the fucking time. But I'm a big That's boy. Funny. I'm 6'4". Yeah. Then I was, like, 227 pounds. I'll pass on that one. Yeah. So I used to just fight no dudes shit. all the time. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked the structure. I liked the workouts. Um, and it being the platoon bully made it easy for me to get through. I mean, there's a lot of guys that to this day don't like me, but yeah, shouldn't have been a pussy. Well, sometimes in that environment, you don't have to like everybody, but you're all willing to, to die for one another. Yeah. And I, I went through boot camp with my best friend. So my, yeah, that's cool. My best friend from high school, we enlisted together. Um, and they had the buddy program. So you go to boot camp with them. So that probably made it easier too. We were together the whole time. 
Um, yeah. Got stationed in the same place together, different jobs. No but, shit. And then he's that's the reason cool. I moved to where I live now. Nice. That's cool. I mean, so, that, that, that's awesome that you get to do that. I mean, obviously, a different perspective from everybody. I mean, I've heard some guys that are like, oh, that was the worst thing fucking ever. And, you know, we went to the police academy. And to me, I'm like, I think of a boot camp or whatever. And I'm like, what we went through was probably nothing compared to what most of you guys went through. I mean, our, our academy is like, I guess, structured to be like a boot camp and you get yelled at. And uh, to me, it's kind of, kind of bullshit. Like, I, I remember, I, I remember the first day and I don't know if your academy was different than the first day they come in, you know, no matter what, you mean, something's wrong, right? At the academy. Yeah. You fucked up something, right? And they're sitting there yelling at me and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. I knew this coming in. You're sitting there, and you're just like, you're kind of too relaxed for them, and they're like, they just want to dig into you more because you're too relaxed about it. And I was like, dude, I, I worked at this point. I worked construction for ten years, and I'm pissed off enough bosses and yeah, and you're like, you I, don't I, scare me. And uh, you know, I've had enough quarrels with uh, work partners where you had to handle it, much like uh, your shower fights, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, they're like sitting there in your face and you're like, oh, you're yelling at me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please don't hurt my fucking feelings. Dude, some I'm sure it was the same for you in, in, uh, when you went to boot camp. But there were some people in the class that were petrified by like getting yelled at. Oh, I'm like, dude, this this isn't that bad. Like, oh, they're yelling at us. Like, what are they going to do? beat your ass like no nobody's gonna put a finger on you so just fucking roll with it like just do what they tell you to do and just get over it but there were some people that were traumatized by it i mean what did you experience that in boot camp with well, some i was people? gonna say is i think we lost 10 people after the first day of my yeah academy. we did too we I'm lost like, a lot because yeah, i mean like it's different than the military where you can be like eh, this ain't for me i'm yeah, out see I'm ya out. Yeah, yeah. See, the guys they don't quit. realize that shit guys don't realize in boot camp you can just go eh, i don't want to do this and quit so like guys would like fuck themselves up like, like purposely get hurt, like go break a leg. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, dude, because we, what it- we had some weak ass dudes, but like weak to the point we had this kid gentry. I still remember his fucking <laughs> name. So you have a war bag in boot camp. It's just a camo little duffel bag and it hangs on the back of your rack. Well, the drill instructors are in the fucking squad bay one day and they're like, it smells like shit in here. And we're like, oh, we don't know. Like, we just, we just <laughs> fucking like, cleaned. I shit myself. So he's, I just wa- he's walking down the racks and he gets to Gentry's rack and it's just like, it smells like a fucking barn. And he opens it and Gentry had shit covered fucking underwear. Oh, gosh. So this kid, this kid shit his fucking pants. Didn't have the balls to tell somebody he shit his fucking pants. Uh, so he stuffed Jesus. it in there. It was in there for fucking weeks. Like, we had guys That's that disgusting. Week that just, like, they couldn't even admit, like, everybody pisses their pants at one point. Because you're all like, I don't want to ask this guy if I can go to the bathroom. I mean, like, I remember a guy shit his pants in, like, second grade. <laughs> but, no, he's talking about in, like, boot camp. Like, yeah, but, God. Yeah, like, you're like... I, you're like, excuse me, sir, I need to use the restroom. No, it's so like, it, you, have, you have to request, so it's... um. Excuse me, sir. This recruit requests permission to make a head call. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah, and they'll tell you to go yeah. fuck yourself, and then you just piss your pants. Yeah. They're like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever. It. All right. Yeah. Our academy is six months. How long is uh, boot camp? Uh, boot camp's three months. Okay. 
But right. it's different. I mean, we're yeah. we're there for eight to ten hours a day, whatever you yeah. want to call it. And we're not comparing our academy to boot camp because no, drastically no, no. different. Drastically I would probably different. rather do boot camp than a police academy. Uh, maybe for the time length of it, like <laughs> six months is a long time to be honest to to deal with that crap. You know, it it, it does get old um, after a while. You start to you start to like play games with yourself. You're like, God, is this my job? Like. I don't know. You almost think there's like never an end to it. Um, it's a long six months, but and there's a lot of bullshit and laws yeah. and crap you got to deal with. But I, I mean, I think feeding fire to something here by saying six months because there's a lot of people like they only went through six months of training and then they're out there with a gun. There's there's, yeah, there's that's so true. much more behind that's it. True. I'm guessing boot camp is not like just like here's your rifle, go. Well, yeah. So rifle things, boot camp, and then infantry school is six months. Okay. Okay. So you have to do so. That, that kind of lead, segues into the next question is um, when you're in boot camp, do you get to choose, like, where do you go from there? Like, do you do you test for it? Is it something that so, they assign you to? How does that work? It's all contract-based. So when I went in, um, my original contract was for security forces. So security forces are guys that protect um, nuclear sites around the country or, like, Camp mm-hmm. David where the president goes or the White House. And... Um, I didn't want to do that, but those guys are infantry. So you sign a six-year contract, you do four years of your security forces, and then you do two years with a a Victor unit, which is an infantry unit. So I luckily, I had a buddy. I think he's still mad to me to this day, um, but he switched contracts with me and gave me his infantry contract and took my my security forces contract. So... um, yeah, you like know on purpose. Like, did you know that? Yeah, like he he knew he was taking my contract, um, but you didn't know. I knew. Oh, okay. yeah. You guys like so he was like, hey man, will you take mine? I'll okay, take yours. Okay, okay. That's, like, that's yeah, what it did. I was like, hey man, it was. hey man. Um, everybody when they go into boot camp lies about something, right? So like, <laughs> I had asthma and ADHD growing up, and that's a disqualifier. So as far as they knew, I didn't have asthma and ADHD, but. Because of that job, you go through, like, I think you get a top security clearance. So, like, they're going to dig for everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's what yeah. I need. I need them to find out I lied on my medical shit when I get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So he switched with me. I mean, there are some guys that go in open contract, which is, like, the, your recruiter's going to say, yeah, we don't have any jobs. So here's an open contract. And then in boot camp, they find out, like, hey, you're a fucking cook. Hey, you're infantry. Hey, you're a fucking truck driver. Whatever. Right, right. You're good at something. Yeah, you're going to do something. That's what, but like I knew going in um, the year before that I was going to be infantry. Okay. Nice. All right. So you already knew going through boot camp, like you guys did your swap. That's what you were doing. Yep. And did you, did you know that you were going to, where you were going to be deploying from there? Or did you guys not even know? So you, you get done with boot camp. And then I went home on leave for two weeks. um, And then I flew back to California for, infantry school at camp pendleton um Mm -hmm. so you show up there and that's almost worse than boot camp because you're dealing with a bunch of fucking salt dogs who've been in combat since 2001 that just especially when you were going yeah Yeah. they just look at you like you're the biggest piece of shit on the planet (laughs) yeah they've got the experience so um the first month and a half of boot camp is like all basic infantry skills like room clearing and like, mm-hmm. I know everybody thinks, like, the military is awesome at CQB. Like, grunts suck at it. Like, CQB in the Marine Corps is spray the door with a machine gun, 
throw seven frags <laughs> in the room and then hope you don't have to enter it with people in it. Right. Um, That's funny. So it's like a month and a no, half to no do a tactics. Nap. And then when you get done with that, you hit a spot. It's called the split. So you can either be a rifleman or you can choose mortarman, machine gunner, um, tow gunner, or an assaultman. And based on your ASVAB score, you have to have a certain GT score to be able to go into weapons. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fucking machine guns. That's badass. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. And so sounds cool. My GT score was good enough. Um, machine gunners are always big dudes. Like every one of us was six four, two hundred pounds plus. That's I'm a sure. lot of equipment because yeah. it's like it's a saw, right? Or, no, it was uh, a. Or, I carried a two forty, but you're carrying a two forty. Um, and then all the rounds. Yeah, so the two forty is twenty seven point one pounds. Um, Jesus, two hundred or two. Somebody's gonna get pissed, but two two or five hundred rounds is like seven pounds. Yeah. So, you know, and then like on patrol, I carry, I carry a thousand rounds in a backpack plus a teaser belt on the gun. Jesus Christ. So that's a lot of weight. So yeah. the gun is 20. Could you imagine yeah. what a 27 pound? Gets that's a lot. Of, well, yeah. And I sent you a, a picture. There's a picture of me. It's my back, but I'm holding a, a 27 pound machine gun like it's a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Most guys probably wouldn't even be able to hold it like that. Oh, I, I, you're trained. Can you imagine carrying a room with a 27 pound yeah. rifle? You're, no, you're trained to just carry it on your shoulder. I mean, yeah. that's that's how they show you to just throw it over your shoulder. But you got to hike with. So you do a hike in SOI. You do a hike with the 240s. Then you do a hike with a 50 cal. Um, and just the receiver of a 50 cal is like 57 pounds. Yeah, yeah, I've shot a 50 cal. And then that's the, no joke. The barrel yeah. for a 50 cal is like 21 pounds. So one guy carries the receiver, one guy carries the barrel, and then the tripod's like 44 pounds. So another guy's carrying the tripod. Yeah. Goddamn. And then you hike with a Mark 19, which is like 79 pounds. Jesus. And you guys are training for all this in, in Camp Pendleton and yeah, so SoCal? You do these hikes, and that's basically just to break you off and see you know who's, who's tough enough to do the job. Yeah. Um, because I remember like after I hit my unit, I could walk around with a 50 cal on my shoulder with a barrel in it like it was nothing. But that's like, crazy. Trying to get acclimated to that? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's that no joke. Rough. Yeah, that's no joke. What? So um, did you guys know where you were going to be deployed um, once you finished up infantry school? So we got our unit assignment, and, like, all of us went to 2-7, except for, like, five guys went to 1-1, which sucks because that's literally, like, half a mile down the road. So they just grabbed their bags and walked down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we had two guys end up in Hawaii. So, oh shit! Yeah, bummer. We well, all, if you're wanting to fight, I mean, yeah, we all knew we were going to two seven, um, and the word was that two seven was going to Afghanistan. So okay. we had an idea, but that can always change. Um, yeah. The crazy part was my dad. I swear to God, he's a fucking psychic. So I was in infantry school, and he sent me the every company has a logo. So he sends me the mm-hmm. golf company two seven gunfighter logo he's like i think you're going here and i'm like yeah what what are the odds of that there's fucking 100 fucking battalions each of them have four companies like you don't know that and sure as fuck i ended up at 27 golf <laughs> no shit you could end up anywhere right like and you end up there yep that's crazy and how do they choose that like just they just is it like a fucking like lottery or so it's it's needs of the marine corps so in 2008 27 went to afghanistan um, and they were like the first Marines in the Helvin province and they lost mm-hmm. 21 dudes on that deployment. 
Um, that was a shit that some of the craziest fucking combat of that war. Um, so when they came back, a lot of guys got out. Um, and then two seven, from my understanding was labeled combat ineffective. Um, they had so many casualties and there was, um, some other stuff we won't get into on here. Mm Um, but, uh, they went on two mews, which is where you're on the ship floating around the ocean. Um, and so the time came up where all their guys got out and two sevens, like we need guys send us a boot drop. And so they took as many guys as they needed. And then when you get there to figure out your companies, it literally just went by last name. So, you know, it was like a through H you're going to, um, echo H through whatever you're going to Fox. And then it, you know, this through that you're going to golf. And then this through that you're going to weapons. No shit. So that's how they do it. I'm just, your last name it was just last name. That's how they broke it up. All right. So you, obviously you get established where you're going. Yep. Um, pr- pretty, pretty crazy. Your dad sent you that. That's wild. Um, all right. So you figure out, Hey, you're, you're going to Afghanistan. You now know what company you're in. Um, what year did you head over there? Was that your first deployment was Afghanistan? Yeah. So we did like a nine month workup. Um, so it would have been 2012, um, like October, November of 2012, we went over there. Okay. Um, so nine months after you went to boot camp and infantry school, and then another nine months, or including no. So it was boot camping. It was six months boot camp infantry school. Got to my unit, and then it was nine months. We were deployed to Afghanistan. Okay. So, uh, you end up in the weapons uh, uh, company. Uh, you deploy over to Afghanistan, obviously. Yep. Uh, what was that like? I mean, your your boots on the ground now in, in Afghanistan. Like, you're you're in the war. Like, how how that make you feel? And what were you thinking? I mean, I remember being super fucking excited. Um, I had some really good leadership that was on the 2008 deployment, and then uh, my buddy Beal, he had done three Iraq deployments before that. Um, and so like we had really experienced, solid leaders that. Yeah knew what to do. So we were excited, but, um, we didn't know what to expect. We got, we got sent to camp Leatherneck, which is the biggest base, the second biggest base in Afghanistan, or it was, um, where's that at? Where is it? Uh, Helmand province. Okay. And so we are like, Oh, we're not going to do shit. This is right after the base attack happened. That's how we all ended up there. But they attacked the base, killed some guys on the base, blew up some helicopters. The Taliban did. Um, but like we were excited, we were ready to get after it, but we didn't know if getting after it was going to come because of where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, my first patrol, it came, so it it got real. The first two weeks, I mean, you do a rip, so you talk to the unit that you're replacing, and they kind of show you around the area and tell you, this is kind of where the Taliban hang out. There's IEDs here. Stay the fuck off here. La da 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 da. And then after the rip's done. They leave, and now you go out, you take over patrolling. So the the rip was exciting because that was the first time I left the wire and was, like, out in Afghanistan. Um, Yeah. And you're you're 19 at this point? or 19, 20? I was 19. Okay. Yeah. 19. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... You said your first patrol. I mean, did you guys did you guys get into some type of uh, firefight or or uh, how'd that work out? And how long were you there before you guys did your first patrol? So um, after doing your rip, it was it was two weeks to the day the rip was done, and we went out on our first patrol. And uh, 
it was just going to go be a, a KLE, a key leader engagement where you just meet with the locals and talk to the elders and just be like, Hey, we're the new Marines in town. If you need anything, talk to us. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> we had a new Lieutenant. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, came from the reserves. I kind of blame some of this on, on that. Um, fantastic human being though, but he got us lost. And, uh, we knew we were lost, and, and we ended up being in MARSOC, um, Marine Corps Special Operations Command. We ended up being in their yeah. area of operations, not ours. Mm-hmm. So things were a little more spicy over there, if you will. And mm-hmm. uh, so we knew we were lost, but the LT is like, fuck it, we're going to do a KOE anyway. Um, and so What's a KOE? The key leader engagement. Okay. So talking to the elders. So I'm up in a truck in a 50 cal, and we have dismounts. Um, that get out and they kind of just do, you know, a walking patrol to go talk to people and make face. So the dismounts get out. And I remember telling my buddy Herma, I was like, Hey Herma, you're good. If anybody's going to get shot today, it's going to be you. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. And so they go out on the patrol and the compounds are kind of in like a square. And so they go all the way around they hit the last compound and the guy asks them to have tea. So they sit down and have tea with them. And when they stand up, Herma goes, he's got a minesweeper. And Herma takes one step, and the Taliban open up on Herma and hit him. Um, the round missed his side sappy by, like, an inch. So the round, round went underneath his side sappy, fucked up his intestines, all sorts of shit. Um, but, like, we figure we got ambushed by about 14 guys. Um, yeah. So all that fire was on Herma, and I remember yelling down to my driver, Goose. I was like, Goose, I think Herma just clacked off an IED. And then that's when I heard the snaps and then the tinging off my turret. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. nope, we're getting shot at. Yeah. So I immediately return fire, um, and it's on. And I just, I remember thinking, like, I w- it was a mixture of, like, being scared shitless. Because, like, you think you know what a firefight's going to be like. And then yeah. there's, like, when it happens, you're like, holy fuck. So it was a mixture of, like, being scared. And then there was a mixture of, like, fuck, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, um, like, this is what I signed up for. Yeah, so we get in, like, a 45-minute yeah. engagement. Um, we figure we killed all those dudes. Um, I know for sure I took out a group of guys running from a mosque with a 50 cal. Um, Jeez, yeah, you ain't living from that. No, they they were running from west to east from a mosque to the compound we were getting engaged from, and I just dumped a 40-round burst over there. So... If if they survive that, I guess good on them. But there's probably no way you fucking survive that. Yeah, no. So Herma's down, um, and the hardest decision I've ever made in my life was not getting out of my truck to go get Herma, because like, yeah, you know, like as a machine gunner, your job is to suppress. You give yeah. them cover by fire, but like Herma was a good friend, and I'm like, he's bleeding out. Like I just I want to go pick him up and run him to the truck. Yeah. Um, but his best friend Miller ran through all the fire and plugged him. And then um, my squad leader, Corona, um, actually ended up getting a bronze star for this. But he picked him up, ran him through all the gunfire, and threw him in a gun truck. Um, but yeah, like my first first day there was a 45 minute firefight, L shape ambush, casualty, and the lieutenant lost the radio. Yeah, no shit. God damn, that's wild, dude. Yeah, for your for being a fucking 19 year old thrown into that like that's that's wild i mean yeah i think i think 
you know, I, I like the saying, uh, everyone wants to be a gangster until it's time to do gangster shit. Yeah. And it gets real, real quick. And it, that's being shot at's fucking scary. Yeah. Like, there's no way, there's no denying that. I'm um, super happy. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> like I am well, fucking, knock yeah. on, I will knock on all the wood that I can. I do not know what it feels like to be shot at. I mean, it's, yeah, that, that's wild. It's like crazy euphoria. Like it's, yeah, it's scary as fuck, but it's awesome as fuck. It's an adrenaline dump like that I've never had matched. But like, yeah, and, and you can, you could die. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck yeah! Like, and that's that's in the back of your head. Like, this is it for me. Like this this could be it. Like, it, it, real bullets, you know, that are people are trying to kill you. Um, and you could probably agree too. Like, when you're in something like that and you get that crazy adrenaline spike, like. Any something you've never experienced in your life, I'm sure, you it almost becomes like addictive um, in a way where, it, kind of like a drug, where you get that first high yeah. and then you're like, oh, I want it again. Yeah, oh, I want it again. All we wanted after um, that was was firefights. We were just like, let's go get another one. Yeah, and you could agree too. Like that's dangerous, obviously, um, but but at the same time, I think your your awareness and like your senses probably over there were like way more higher than. Than when you first got there, because you're like, this is this is fucking real. Yeah, you can die. Yeah, I mean, after after the first one, um, I mean, going out for the first one, like I have a tattoo I got on my back before I left that says "Lose all fear of death," right? Because yeah. everybody I've ever yeah. talked to says if you go over there, tell yourself you're already dead, and you won't do anything that go, that'll get you killed. I mean, if your ticket's yeah. up, your ticket's up, but you won't be, you won't let the fear cripple you to the point you're just a target in the field. Um, yeah, well, I, like, I, I like that you say that because because I uh, I kind of live by the same thing, you know. And I'm I'll, I'll go around and teach classes or whatever, and I, and I kind of say the same thing. Like, if you know you're about to do entry into a, a into a door, and Billy, you do a lot of this. Like, I being involved in that stuff, like you got to tell yourself, like you're not coming die. out the door. I could die. Yeah, yeah, I could die going through here. And if you could just get past that, the the odds of you making a mistake because you're thinking about it too much diminishes so much. So you're, you're a much better asset. I think when, when you can just plug that in the back of your head and go, yeah, I might fucking die going through this door. I'm doing it anyways. And I'm not skipping a beat. I think once you can just establish that versus being terrified of going through the door and, and then getting into the door and, and making a mistake or hesitating because you're so scared to me, you're a sitting duck and then you're putting your whole fucking team at risk. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I guess that sounds probably easier said than done, but the reality is, is if you just fucking have that in the back of your mind, you're you're so much better off. So me and my best friend Webb, we had a saying: every time we went on patrol, we'd give each other a hug, and then we'd say, "I'd say live slow," and he'd say, "Die whenever." And yeah. that was just our way of like, like I never thought I was coming home from Afghanistan the entire time I was there. That's what I told myself: I was like, "You're just gonna die over here." But yeah. by telling that's, myself, that's a wild thought. By telling myself I was already dead, I didn't have as much fear of dying. Yeah. Right. So I could just, yeah, I, could I, just I do agree. my job. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know. If I, shockingly, I know how to read, but uh, I don't know if I was reading it or, or probably it was audio. But uh, someone said you were listening. Sing, sing your death song is what it, what it was told to me, and it's in the way that I was playing to me is like. Yeah, you know, don't live with regrets. Say like, hey, when I go out, I go out. I'm going to sing that song of, hey, I I lived my life, and I did it. You know, I did what I doing what I love or or doing what I think is great, and you know, 
just being accepting it, accepting the fact that it can happen. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think anybody, well, not anybody, but I, I think most of us don't want it to happen. Yeah. No. But, um, but the it, fucking reality is, is like it, it's there. It and the sooner you accept it, then the better off you are for not only yourself, but the whole team, in my opinion. And, and I don't want people out there to think that we're, we're comparing the streets of no, Northern California no. to Afghanistan no. or um, Iraq or anything. But I mean, like, you know, I, it, you have to have somewhat, there's, there's been times in my life and times in Kyle's life where you have to, you have to have the same mindset that you had probably daily. And we have it once, maybe once, some people have it once in their career, maybe, but you still have that same mindset of, of, Hey, it's, it's, to me, it's it's you or me when it comes down to a, a firefight yeah. or uh, even a fist fight, whatever it is. And uh, I I always always taught don't be a loser, so I ain't fucking losing. I mean, to, I always, gun, yeah, go ahead. To dude. be clear, I would much rather take a deployment to Afghanistan than being a cop anywhere today. Well, yeah, I mean, to to, to a certain extent, like I think physically, I've been there, but well, uh, not right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to, but you're. Dude, at the end of the day, here's the reality. A gunfight's a gunfight. Gun, yeah. Bullets are bullets. I don't care if you're in the desert, the streets, in an in a urban area. I mean, it'll kill you either way. Yeah, but so, we usually have I, the advantage. Where? Yeah, I mean, well. Where you guys. Yeah, you guys probably. Are you, a lot more assets. We got more assets, but, like, even when we get ambushed, yeah. like, we're set up for an ambush. We're, like, right. cops get ambushed. You have a gun in a holster, and you might be sitting in a squad car. So now yeah, you're, you have to you're navigate a, a seatbelt, a retention holster, get a gun out, shoot through a windshield. And if you never shot through a windshield, that fucks you all up, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. and then, and yeah. then you have the politicians and whatever fucking movement's cool this month, breathing down your neck because you killed this guy where yeah. we go over there, we shoot people in the face and we leave them for the fucking dogs to eat. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's nobody's second guessing you. Yeah, yeah. Or at least probably definitely not at that time. I mean, we you know, we had a couple a of incidences on the de- on the on the deployment where lawyers were involved and some bullshit happened. But for the most part, it's like as long as you're engaged first, kill them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard of stories where it was like, um, if if someone's armed with a weapon over there, like it's it's a green light, like they they get shot. There is no like, hey, drop the weapon. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a little. Someone's armed with a firearm there; it's game on. It was a little different when I was there, um, early in the war. Like, if a guy had a cell phone in Afghanistan, you could kill him. Yeah. Um, when I was yeah, there, God damn, I. When I was there, you had to have um, positive identification, and then either hostile act or hostile intent. And if you didn't have mm-hmm. two of those, you couldn't engage. Um, and we can get into a story where my buddy Jones loses his leg, but he lost his leg because of that bullshit rule of engagement. Yeah, I, that's tough. I mean, what, what sucks for you and uh, for us uh, as law enforcement is getting second guessed on something. You know, when when you have literally like seconds to make a not even seconds, like half a second to make a decision. Yeah, a life and death decision. Shit, we could do a whole two hour episode on yeah, on what I call Monday morning quarterbacking. But yeah, um, yeah. And it's always we, a bunch of people who've never done the fucking job. Yeah, yeah. Usually, and then and then you know you invite them to do like scenarios or whatever. Like here, if you think. If you think you can do it better or or know what we're going through, here you go. Here's a scenario. Here's your firearm. And they always end up the shooting scenario. the fucking guy. Every <laughs> every time, dude. And and then it's like, holy shit! I I didn't realize it was like that. You know, because 
dude, the thing is, is like your brain kicks in, right? That that hypervigilant and um, stress and everything else kicks in, and so whatever. I mean, that's yeah, that that'd be a whole freaking other episode, but <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, so two weeks into it, you do your first patrol. You guys get into a pretty fucking hellacious gunfight when your your buddies get shot. Um, how how did he turn out? He lived. He okay. lived. So um, when that he, happens, do they get do they get taken out of there and and like their their time there is done or do they seek treatment? Yeah. There so well, it depends. So like um, Herma's injuries were bad, so they they took him to Camp Bastion, um, which is attached to Leatherneck. He had surgery there. They flew him to Ramstein, Germany. He had more surgery there, and then they flew him to Bethesda Naval Hospital, and he did his recovery there and shit. Um, my buddy Buckles um, got shot in the tricep, and he went back to Leatherneck for a week. They pulled the bullet out. They stitched him up, and a week later, he was back out on patrol. Okay. That's so, wild. Yeah. So it sounds like to me, like, obviously, it depends on your injury, but um, all right. So, that I mean, that, that like I said, dude, that's wild. You're 19 years old, like, getting into your first gunfight, and we it's, talked about it's, that's fucking legit, and that's scary. I have a, an odd question to that, and I don't know, maybe you don't know it. Is there any mental assessment after that? Like, and you just been shot, or is it just like uh, you're physically healed? Yeah, that's a good question. Go on, or is do you, or do you know? Because I don't. Do you have a purple heart, or were you injured? Okay, no. okay. So I I I was lucky. Yeah, I dodged all the bullets. That's awesome. Um, I would assume as a little some sort guy of... that you are. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and there was... from what I understand, most of the time you're on top of a Humvee or something too, so you're like the fucking target yeah. too. Yeah, and I was so fucking dumb. So I was in a turret, and then you have a stand that lifts and lowers, and I'd pull it all the way up. That way, my body was as high out of the turret as I could be. <laughs> nice. That nice. way, the Taliban would be more inclined to shoot at me. Yeah. They're like, look um, at that big idiot. And, and and for those who who don't know what you're six four. Yeah, he said he was six, six four, four. Six four. I don't know if you said that. He did. Not, it, but... And at the time, you said you were six four, like two what two twenty or something. Yeah. Uh, in Afghanistan, I was probably around two fifty, two sixty. God damn, dude, you should have been playing football yeah. or something. Just a but, little. Thing. Yeah. But I walk around about three fifty now. So. <laughs> Just a little guy. So. Um, yeah, that actually, that's a good question. When you guys get in contact like that, um, is there, there, I'm, this probably sounds fucking stupid, but there's no like psych, there's nobody that talks to you afterwards and says, Hey, Caden, were you okay after that? There's none of that, right? No, so like, not after a gunfight. Um, I got blown up and you kind of do a screener there and they test you for TBI. Um, and then they just, you know, Hey, mentally, are you okay? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come back off deployment though, they do a screener that everybody lies on. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and you say, "Are you okay?" You're like, "Yeah, I'm fucking fine." Yeah, right? I'm great. I'm not drinking too much. Yeah, yeah. No, I I never drink. So what what happened with you getting blown up? Was that on you still on your um, first deployment? Yeah, so that was Afghanistan. Um, my buddy Jones, he that was the first IED we took, um, and we figured it was about a 120 pound IED that went off underneath his truck. That's that picture of that truck I sent you. That's all fucked yeah. up. Yep. Um, so that's about a 70,000 pound truck. It lifted it six feet off the ground. God damn. Um, and were you, the, you it, were the gunner on this truck or were you? No, okay. I was the truck in front of it. I was okay. the truck that should have been blown up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we can talk about it quick. So we went on a, a route clearance mission with the air force. Um, and they have this truck and I can't talk about how it does it, but it disables IEDs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we were down on this curved road. I actually found it on Google Maps. I can fucking show you it if you want. But um, we went around the corner, and we knew the IED was in the ground. But the Air Force was supposed to disable it. So my truck is sitting on the IED that I think is disabled. And a, a motorcycle is coming this way towards me. Well, Intel always says Taliban rolled around on motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Off to my left, I see three guys in a field. And I could tell they have something in their hands, but because I can't tell what's in their hands, I can't shoot them. Mm-hmm. Um, if this would have been two years before, I could have wasted all three dudes, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I asked to engage them. Um, they asked if I have PID. And I was like, no, I, there's something in his fucking hands. I don't know what. Well, that something in his hands turned out to be a battery and a wire. Yeah. Um, so my truck rolls forward. This Taliban roll, bike rolls by. Jones's truck parks on this ID, and they touch the battery to the wire, and a 120-pound bomb goes off. Fuck. lifts the truck six feet in the air both fuel tanks were full so those are probably four to six hundred pounds it threw those 200 meters away yeah um, and is this a Humvee or mrap or this is a, this is a six by mrap okay so six tire oh. mrap and you know mraps are designed to get blown up yeah we this, have we have one at our station at our police department yeah, well i can tell you this 120 pound bomb it's gonna <laughs> blow a hole in the floor yeah um, it's going to crush everybody in it. Mm-hmm. So what, what ended up happening was it blew a hole in the floor. It broke the machine gun on the turret and it broke Jones's M4. Um, it crushed Jones's legs to powder. Jeez, the, oh, the, the sheer force of it. Um, so we medevac Jones out. Um, We got Jones out of there. Those guys were gone. Um, EOD shows up. Come to find out it was those guys. And that fucked me up for a long time. Yeah. A long fucking time. I blame myself for Jones losing his fucking legs. Um, but when Jones got to Germany, uh, Germany or San Antonio, they said, we can pin and screw and put rods in your, your left leg, but you'll never walk normal again. Or we can cut it off and you can have yeah. some sort of life and he's like all right well just make sure you measure twice <laughs> yeah so they, there's they a true cut contractor off, there right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they cut off jones's leg um and then his right foot from his big toe so if this is his big toe it's like a half moon um that like just fell off in his boot man jesus the sheer concussion yeah that's um, so jones gets blown up and that was the most terrified I'd ever been because we were driving over there to get Jones out of the truck. And like, that was the first time I ever squatted down in my truck and got low because I thought for sure there'd be a secondary. Yeah. Uh, so we get Jones out of there, whatever Jones goes home. That was like right before fucking Christmas. Um, I shot up a car that night too. That was pretty cool. Guy just, <laughs> I, 
I told him to stop. He didn't stop. I shot a flare at him. He didn't stop. So I just dumped a bunch of rounds into the fucking hood of his car. Um, but like a month later, um, we hadn't been in a gunfight forever. Um, and you get, you only get combat pay. If you get an engagement of some sort, either an IED or a firefight, you get combat pay for the month. Yeah. Well, it was January 31st and we hadn't been in anything. And we're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and we just drive up the sand dune just because it looked fun, and we hit a fucking IED. No shit. God damn. <laughs> middle of fucking nowhere. I have no idea why they put it there, but we hit it. Uh, I it, sent you some pictures of that. Because they knew you guys would be fucking around one night, and they're like, let's just put it here. Well, I, yeah, that's funny. They're, they're so, going to dick off one night and hit it. So men in combat. <laughs> sure enough. Men in combat are getting combat pay. Yeah, is that like a bonus? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's weird. That's that's weird to me. It's, yeah, it'd be what, like what it'd be like in law enforcement, be like you don't get paid unless you make an arrest. Well, and, so but or, like, or, yeah, I, I don't know. If just because you were in Afghanistan, if everybody got combat pay, well, if you're sitting on Camp Leatherneck typing on a computer, why do you deserve? I didn't. Even know, yeah, but you're not a Pogue, and you never were. Is Pogue a Marine Corps thing too, or is that just an army yeah. thing? Okay, no, yeah. that's a Marine Corps thing. Okay, oh, that's what I, I thought. I, I didn't. Even, I never. That's the first I've ever heard People, of combat pay. People other than Grunt and Spoke, right? I, yeah, I personnel, personnel. Personnel other than Grunt. Okay, well, I'll let, let somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, let the expert speak. But, uh, That's wild. Yeah, so I, I remember we got blown up, and I was leaned down in the turret. I was talking to the guys, making sure they were okay. Um, but we had a mine roller on the front of the truck that's designed to get hit before yeah. the truck. Yeah. Uh, but there's about a 150-pound piece of steel that holds the tire to the mine roller. Mm-hmm. Well, I always sat. I always sat in the turret because my legs would get tired. And there's a picture I sent you. The antennas were all cut off about head level with me, uh-huh. and I was sitting up there. But if I would have been leaned over like I normally was, it would have taken my head off. No shit, God. Wow. Damn. Um, so that that piece of steel ended up 200 meters behind the truck. Fuck. Um, but I was down talking to everybody in the truck, and I hear over the radio, "Frickets dead." I'm like, no shit. Pop up, and I, I pop up, and I flick somebody off. Like I'm good. You fuck. <laughs> um, well, now you know what they yeah, would man. say if you did die. <laughs> yeah. just oh, guys, you know, fucking Prickett's finally dead. You're like, hey, fuckers. <laughs> yeah. All Shit. I hear is, I, all I hear is Prickett's dead, and I'm like, what? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, that's wild. Just IED in the middle of fucking nowhere. And, and that's the kind of shit that people don't. I, yeah. mean, I think people do realize, but maybe not to the the level that that you realize is is that. That puts a a dent in your your mind or whatever, you know, like Dude. someone telling you I thought you were dead or something like that. Um I I think I told Kyle that I at one point when he one of his instances I was in that mindset like I because I there's stories and I'm obviously a different department, but whatever, and I'm at the point of was it the last one? Yeah, or, yeah, or the, yeah. the time that you got you actually got and nipped, we'll say. Yeah, <laughs> you got nicked. Um, it was like the the stories coming out was, oh yeah, uh, yeah. K9 officers hit and his his dog's dead, and you know he's hit. They rush into the hospital. And I'm like, oh, you know that that hits you in the mind. You're like, I only know I I knew Kyle. I knew he was working, and I knew his department didn't have 15 K9 officers on at that point. So I was like, oh shit, and it, it just it you you go through your mind like, okay. He's done, or what, what? You know, like, but I got a job to do, right? At that point, I I was on a search warrant or something. I was like, oh, okay, I'll yeah, deal with thanks, that when I'm thanks, done. Dude. 
Yeah. Billy's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's what those oh, guys did. I think like, I shot him a text and he didn't text me right back, which is <laughs> fucked up. Like, you got up and you're like, I'm okay. Well, dude, Caden, to your point, like, I I've thought about it and um, I the unknown of being blown up. I think of like driving down a road and at any point something blowing you up would scare the shit out of me. Versus, get, I'll take a gunfight, fucking seven days out of the week versus cruising down the road and not knowing if I'm going to blow up. Like, Oh yeah, dude, I say I, that, that all the time. Like I, the worst, most stressful patrols I ever had, we never got shot at. Oh yeah. yeah every, every road you drive in down there, um, every car could be an ID. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the unit that ripped with us, it was either the unit that ripped with us or the unit, two units after us. Um, the same road I drove down every fucking day, a 300 pound V bid. So a vehicle born IED, suicide yeah. bomber, yeah. drove past, blew up, and it and it sheared the turret off the, the top of the truck and cut the gunner in half. Fuck. God. So like, Damn dude, it. every day, especially after you get blown up and you experience it, like it wasn't scary at the time. Like I remember I couldn't hear anything and I remember a shit ton of sand coming over the truck. Um but like I was like, I thought we rolled over. Mm-hmm. What the fuck. Um, but after you get blown up, you just drive around and you're like, I fucking hope that doesn't happen again. Like, will I get lucky this time or will I lose my head? Yeah. And that was, that is what would fuck me up is like not knowing if I'm about to blow up or not. That's fucking wild. I got a buddy to this day. He got blown up. Um, he was in my unit patrolled with him all the time. Um, but he got blown up to this day. He can't drive a car. He was the driver of that truck. Just from being fucking traumatized by it. He got blown up and the, they were in mat fees. Um, so they're like the cool looking MRAPs that are faster. Yeah. Um, little they, mini they, ones or whatever. Yeah. They split in half when they get blown up. Oh, well, shit, man. his got blown up up front and it removed the engine from the truck and threw it behind the truck. And he's never driven a car since it God just, damn. that was it. It fucked him up. Yeah. No. You can't blame him. I don't like, fucking blame I mean, him. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, that's craziness. No. Yeah. That's wild, man. So it sounds like your first trip over there was pretty fucking wild. Like pretty, yeah. There's I mean, a lot of was, shit going on. That was the only. I mean, Iraq was way different because um, I was Iraq 2.0 with ISIS, not not like Al Qaeda and OIF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Afghan was my my glory deployment, if you will. Um, that was the gunfights and the IEDs and and. But that was kind of where I had a sour taste in my mouth for the government and, and the military because I saw the politics at play. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we caught a guy. Um, Army SF had been trying to get him for two years. He was in charge of all the IEDs in our area of operations, like telling guys where to put them. Mm-hmm. We walked into his house at 2 o'clock in the morning, woke him up out of his bed. No shit. <laughs> On purpose? Brought or him back. Like you just stumbled across them? No, we went out and got him. Oh, okay. Um. And two weeks later, we, we caught him alive, brought him back alive. He went to the detention facility, and two weeks later, we dropped him off. At his house? Yep. What? Why? why? He either Politics? flipped. What? He, he either Go flipped ahead. and became an informant or, yeah, politics. He got dropped off within reason of his house. And huh. he was given a, a stern warning that if another truck hit an ID, we know where you live. I wow. think I think that that's uh, something that Kyle and I could probably relate to. Yeah, I get in, it. in a way, not nec- not that extreme. Yeah, well, but, I mean, we've all we've all made those arrests in law enforcement where you're like, 
I, you know, just for example, there might have been this guy who was on parole for attempted murder, I think it was, but out. And the guy was, and you're like, oh, this guy must have been 60 years old. And I think he was like 24. So do the math. And uh, ran with a gun. And he's already out on out in the streets again. And you, you, you just sit there, and, and those are the politics that you sit there and you go, fuck this, you know? Like, and, uh, and, I, and I brought it up before that I used to do uh, narcotics and stuff like that, and that was my main goal was major narcotics and to not become a believer in what you're doing. And that's a lot of the reason why I moved on from what I did yeah. because in California especially, and I think, it's, I think it's nationwide, but I would say that's probably more extreme here in California, is we're, we're doing a lot of hands-off to narcotics-related crimes and some yeah. other things. But you sit there and you're like, I worked hours on this or whatever you guys did. Day, you know, I did days on R- this Risking one. your life to go get, get somebody life. like that. And, uh, you know, you sit there and they're like, okay, uh, we're going to give you guys this guy probation. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, well, this guy and- is legitimately connected to blowing up Marines, wounding Marines, killing Marines. Yeah, and I, I don't want to relate narcotics guys to to that. Well, no, it's, you it's know, the same it, there's a thing, correlation, though. but yeah, it's yeah, not, it's like that's an extreme, right? When we it's talk like two about weeks, two weeks later, I drop them off. Yeah, and and when we talk about like flipping informants and stuff, like um, we don't, we're, I'm not going to share that on the show about how that's done, um, because people's lives are at stake for that. But that shit does happen. I mean. There's a, there's always a bigger fish. I have a wealth of knowledge on informants, and I will not. Yeah, I will not give up a lot of that stuff no. because of. Yeah, that that's um, that's pretty sensitive shit. But like, there, put it this way: there's always a bigger fish, and in the political world, you know, like for you guys, for, for like for that guy specifically, there's a bigger fish than him, and if he's willing to to give that fish that bigger fish up, then then I I can understand why that happened, but um. Yes, your, no. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to cut you off there. I kind of disagree to a certain extent. Like, like you told, and, and I don't know if you're lying to me or you're embellishing, and I don't think you are from what I've talked to you about. But this guy's responsible for every IED in that area, and those, and 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 you don't have to know much about what happened in Afghanistan and Iraq and well, whatever that IEDs killed more than any gun battle. I just feel like if 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 someone like that has somebody bigger to offer, I mean, you know how the game works. Like, I don't know. I, I, and, and I do. I know with informants. I know where you're going with this, and and I see where you're going with it. And I understand what you're saying. And I didn't don't mean to disagree with you, but like politics wise, you get politicians and politics involved and whatever. And I think that it could be like, oh, I'm giving yeah. you this guy who. Uh, has done two IEDs or something, maybe. I, I, I don't know. Whatever the deal was. and God, I'm fucking going to become an anti, yeah. anti-politician here or whatever. But, um, well, I, and I swore reason, I wouldn't get into politics. but <laughs> um, The whole reason we didn't win the war in Afghanistan is because they didn't let us do what we needed to do. Yeah. That guy should have never been detained. He should yeah. have been shot in the face. Yeah, yeah. To me and that, then you go find the next one, and you shoot the next one in the face. Yeah, to me, that, that, that would... um. Like when I was on Mike Ritland show, you know, we were talking about like, you know, our mission is very different than what like your guys' mission in, in, in the sense of like a lot of times your guys' mission is like capture and kill or, 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 you know, find and kill or, or whatever, right? Like 
we obviously don't operate like that, but over there, it seems like you're right. Like that probably should have been a mission where it was like, he didn't, he didn't get the opportunity to get detained. But like I, that, that shit's over with. Like you find him and, and you deal with it. Um, I mean, yeah, like the whole thing we did in, in Afghanistan was patrol the contact. We literally just drove around every day waiting to get shot at so we could get in a fight with the enemy and yeah. then remove some of the enemy. And then, I mean, and then that's, fucking drive the him. Yeah, and then drive him back to his so house. Your fucking bait is basically your bait. You're yeah. you're a fucking badass bait, right? You're a bait yeah, that you, doesn't that doesn't give up. But yeah, I think to go go back to it is like when we talk about informants and everything like that, which we can get in on another episode or something. But this is a guy who is responsible for murder. Yeah, in my opinion. And if if for all the law enforcement people out there, could you imagine someone who is we know is responsible for murdering and there's evidence there to put him in prison for the rest of their life. And they say, Oh, I'm going to tell you about another murderer. And you're going to be like, yeah, yeah I'm going to let this murderer go. It doesn't work like that it, for it, us over here. Though. I know, but to me, and that's the only way that I can relate to it. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Who knows? But then we go on to a whole other politics thing is a motherfucker who kills somebody, a motherfucker who kills an American. Yeah. Deserves to either be, dealt with dealt to be dealt with and however that may be but uh freedom is not <laughs> is not how it's dealt with yeah, yeah. so that no, i agree that's, that's crazy dude so all fired right up a little bit there i'm sorry yeah. well it I'm is fucking, wait, fucking, i mean fuck i couldn't not you it you're makes too us, fucking big for me it makes us angry but i can only imagine being in your shoes losing friends getting fucking blown up and then here you you guys find a guy responsible for this shit you capture him and then it's like your bosses are like hey Pricket, you and your man. It wasn't even. It wasn't even my bosses. It was. It was. I mean that that we caught. We caught that guy like a month or two after Jones had gotten blown up. So you yeah. know when 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 Jones got blown up, all I wanted to do was kill everybody. If you were Taliban, I wanted to snatch your soul. Yeah. Because well, you just hurt my friend, and then and then that happens, and you're like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, and I could imagine a lot of guys getting getting to a point where like what are we doing here like why are we why are we sacrificing our lives you know our fucking friends lives or we're some of you're dying you're getting your fucking limbs blown off like i i can't i can't imagine but what I, what i can relate to that is even being a cop you know um in the society that we're in nowadays you know a lot of people are asking in our profession why are, why are we doing this you know i have the chance of losing my livelihood or getting in, in killed a lot of cops are di- getting killed nowadays, and um, at an alarming rate. And People openly hate you. Exactly. So you know, I guess the best way to describe it, and, and I'm sure you guys have these conversations with yourselves or amongst your teams, is we're fucking here because somebody has to do it, and because we're good at what we do. But if we're not doing it, then who's going to do it? Yeah. Somebody has to do it. You know, yeah. I'm not a quitter, right? So. Um, if I wanted to quit, I could have done that a long time ago, but who the fuck, if we all quit, then who's going to step up and do it? You know? So there, yeah. there does come a point where like, I'm sure you guys had this conversation with yourselves. Like sometimes you don't have to agree with what the bosses say or, or what you don't have to play into the politics and you may not have to like it. In fact, you probably fucking hate it because we do too. But at the end of the day, we do it to serve the citizens and the communities that we work for. That's why we go out and do it so that, a mom and a dad can take their kids out to dinner every day 
and not not have to be victimized. And if they are, they have somebody to call to come fucking help them. And if that means someone's, it's an active shooter situation where they're they're fucking helpless in a restaurant or a mall or wherever. Um, there has to be somebody there to show up and take care of the problem, and that's that's us. That's what we do. I signed up for it. I understand that. I may not like the politics side of it, but that's what I signed up for. And the same goes with you guys. That's what you signed up for. Um, you knew what you guys were getting yourselves into. And to me, it seems like, um, you know, I don't know. You don't have to fucking like it, but but that's what you're there for, and, and you're there for a purpose. Am yeah. I way off or? No, uh, that's, if if not me, then who? Exactly. Yeah. And there are people that fucking depend on you. Yeah. Their lives depend on you. Yeah, I mean, I you think know, it's so. like less than 1% of Americans served in the global war on terror. Yeah, exactly. So you know, that's my point. Like, that's that's my point. So anyways, not to get off topic on that, but... Um, I just, just to bring up a segue to that, I guess. That's a weird a segue. I don't like saying that, but... <laughs> That's what all the podcasters say, man. Right, right is it? Segway. Yeah. Segway onto that. But, Ritland's um, perfect about that. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to segue in. Perfect yeah, segue. Segways. <laughs> Good luck. Um, That's but, but, shit, now I'm, I'm, all, I'm all up on segues. I don't even know what the fuck I was going to say. I didn't even know what you were going to say. Shit, whatever. Fuck it. Let's move on. Let's we'll move edit on. that shit out, probably. Nah, we'll, we'll keep it. Um, all right, so um, how long were you in Afghanistan? Um. Six or seven months, I think. Okay, so then you guys rotate out. You you come home. Yep. What do you got? So, uh, and by home, do you, you don't go to like was it Minnesota then or Wisconsin? Where, where it was, was Wisconsin it? then. It was Wisconsin. Did you you went there for a minute probably, but you don't. Yeah, go to like Wisconsin. You, you leave. Um, you leave Afghanistan at the time. You went to Manas, which is in Kyrgyzstan. That base is closed down. Um, so you go there for two weeks, and that was kind of your decompressing time. But in yeah, that like two debrief. weeks, the Boston the Boston bombing happened when we were in Manas. Oh shit! Oh yeah, the marathon, the Boston marathon bombing. Yeah. So I was okay. sitting in the chow hall eating, and I watched that, and every one of us looked at us like, "Can we just go back?" We obviously didn't fucking kill enough of them. Can we just yeah, go right. back? <laughs> um. So then you fly home, um, back to Twenty Nine Palms, um, mm-hmm. and I think we were there for like a week or two, and then we went home on leave for a couple of weeks. And okay. then, and then after that, you're back to Twenty Nine Palms. Is that that was yep. that was base, right? Yeah. Yep. That's where I was stationed at. Yep. And uh, is it training, and or is it just like kick back and drink some beers and hang out with your friends? Uh yeah. So the first little bit when you get back, you just it's take it easy, kind of reacclimate to being back. Everybody's, I mean, we were all raging fucking alcoholics. Um, <laughs> I was probably drinking a case a night in a bottle. Oh shit! Shit! Yeah. Um. And that's just that's just the Marine Corps. I mean, everybody right. does that. You just yeah. Um, and then, you know, normally in four years you only do two deployments. So it's like you do your first deployment, and then you got like a year, year and a half, and then you go on your second. Um, so we got back, and I left weapons company and went back to golf company, um, which I was not happy about at first because everybody from golf company hated me. Because I had like I I had let them down. Like you know, I was supposed to deploy with them, and yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Um, my leadership, but but, had a, but that's kind of like a badge of pride too. Like to look at is like to let down somebody by going off and doing something else. To me, I I got to look back at that and be like, that means that I'm an asset 
Yeah. Like, not not to stroke my own ego, but like when when I'm not there and people are like we wish you were there, it kind of yeah, I mean, kind of makes it, your ego it, a little bit bigger, right? You're like, it made me yeah. feel good that they they wanted me to be yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like I told you, I had really good leadership on that fucking deployment, and that mm-hmm. kind of helped change my attitude when I got back. Um, I still had one NCO that had a fucking problem, and he he ran his mouth about something. And I told him in, in the Marine Corps you have um, Micmac belts um, for the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program, so you have like yeah. tan, gray, green. He was a black belt. Mm-hmm. We were at the rifle range after we had gotten back, and he said something. And I told him, I said, if you run your fucking mouth one more time, I'm gonna take your black belt off. I'm gonna choke you to fucking death with it. Well, he went and tattled. He went and tattled on me. And I talked to my good buddy Armstrong, who was my section leader, and I told him what happened. I, I was pretty fucked up in the head because of what happened to Jones. You know, I took that personal for yeah, yeah. a lot of fucking years. Um, and Armstrong basically pulled him in the room and said, hey, you run your mouth to prick it again, I'm going to let him fuck you up. Nice. So, you know. That probably scared him. Yeah, I mean, I was never, I wasn't the biggest dude. I mean, my buddy Reynolds, I'm sure he'll see this. My buddy Reynolds was a fucking tank of a human being. Bigger, bigger mean, than you, huh? Yeah, we were about the same height, but that dude was just jacked out of his fucking <laughs> mind. That Shout dude out was to like, Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Reynolds, you sexy bitch. That dude is <laughs> like, like, I think he left Afghanistan benching almost 500 pounds. Jesus fucking Christ. God damn. I can bench like 200, I think. Dude, Reynolds was a fucking freak of nature. We used to get in bar fights with that guy. I wouldn't want to get a fucking bar yeah, fight. No, I'm, I'm out. He's what you that, call, uh, in law enforcement, we call them shooters. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah, you better have you an extra mag on deck for him. that guy. Yeah. yeah. You ain't fighting him like, hey, dude. There I, is no I fighting. To, I had to shoot him. Yeah. Like, Ren- look at that motherfucker. Yeah, Reynolds, we'd, we'd put you down, dude. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> but, um. Did you lose us? Nope, we're good. Okay. Um, so, so you got when you guys are back, um, like, how does it work as far as like when do you know you're gonna either deploy again? Where are you deploying? Because um, I know you you said you had mentioned you went to Jordan and then and then Iraq for your third deployment. How did that yeah, work? Yeah, so out? I always I always tell people I did two and a half deployments. Um, so the Jordan thing kind of just fell in our lap. Um, it was when Assad in Syria started gassing his own people. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to have a Marine contingent on standby, and Jordan was the closest country. So they're like, hey, golf company, you're going to Jordan after the first of the year. So I got back in April, and then, like, January 4th, we flew to Jordan. Um, and we were there for, I want to say it was, like, just shy of three months, because at three months, it's considered a deployment, so you get a star on your deployment ribbon, and we didn't get the star. Yeah. Because we missed it by okay. like a day. Oh, uh, big, you're like, big yes. hazing investigation, big clusterfuck. We won't talk about that. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we went to Jordan for two and a half months and we were training the Jordanian army. And um, we were basically on standby in case um, Obama wanted to push Marines into Syria. <laughs> okay. Nice. Okay. So you guys spent a little bit of time over there. No, obviously, not. It sounds like you guys were just training up with. Uh, Jordan forces, dude. Training them. Jordan was fucking chill. I swam in the Dead Sea. Um, I saw where Jesus was baptized. I got baptized where Jesus was baptized. No shit. Um, we caused an international incident with Israel because <laughs> we we're at a holy site doing fucking cannonballs into the Jordan River where Jesus <laughs> oh was my baptized. God. 
And then some um, some guys swam over to the Israeli side of the river, and yeah, it was just a big shit show. <laughs> You're like, whoa, that's us. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so after Jordan, you guys come home, um, and then what, what year did you end up going to Iraq? Uh, so I went to Iraq in 2014. So we knew we were going to deploy in 2014. Like, you know, you show up at your unit, you're going to do your first one, and you're going to do one at the end of your rotation okay. or your enlistment. Um, and so, but then ISIS happened. And so when ISIS happened, they stood up this thing called the Special Purpose MAGTAF. And I was supposed to be going to Jordan again, and we ended up getting thrown into Iraq to reestablish a foothold in Iraq. And that's when you guys, okay, so what, you guys went over there in 2014? Yeah, I want to say we deployed in October of 2014. Um, We went to Jordan for a month and started training the Jordanians. And then they pulled like 60 of us and they're like, Hey, you guys are going to Iraq. So and when you guys landed in Iraq, how was that? Like what, what was your, where in Iraq were you? And, and, and if you can tell us, and then what was your guys' mission from there? Yeah. So we landed in, um, Al-Assad air base, which used to be the biggest base in Iraq during the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. Um, landed. I remember we landed, it was rainy, it was cold as fuck. And it was so dark. My night vision didn't work. No shit. No shit. It was that dark. Yeah, we had a guy almost walk into the prop of a C-130 and just get decimated. Oh, jeez. Fuck. Um, jeez. But, yeah, he so didn't we show up in Iraq. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> what, whatever. Um, <laughs> Yo, hey, we show over up in here, Iraq, <laughs> and we're all in, like, go mode, right? Like, all the guys that have been to Afghanistan, like, we're thinking combat deployment. Yeah. So our CEO had me and Reynolds go clear out a building. So we kick in this door, do CQB in this building. Everybody gets out of the rain. And then uh, there was a team of Green Berets there that we were working with. And they showed up in shorts, flip-flops, no body armor, <laughs> pistols, yeah. and suppressed MP5s. They're like, what are you guys fucking doing? And we're like, we didn't know if there's enemies. They're like, you guys are fucking fine. You don't even need your fucking body armor. <laughs> like, oh, they're like, they're, they're like, like, man, sorry. They're like, what are you kids doing? That's funny. <laughs> How, were they already? They were obviously. Um, they had been there, though, right? I mean, yeah. They didn't so, just show um, up. no, the Green Beret team was already there because they were training the Iraqi army, and then uh, a platoon from Fox Company Two Seven um, was doing their little security. So Al Assad is like a ninety-six square mile base, um, and we big. held Jesus. we held a tiny little compound. It was called the CAG compound. Um, CAG for people who don't know is like the official term for Delta Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back in the Iraq war, this is where all of like dev and CAG mm-hmm. staged because it was right by the fl- flight line. So we took over the CAG compound. Um, we started building post positions. Um, I ended up driving truck for two weeks, a semi, because I was the only fucking farm boy redneck who had ever driven <laughs> a semi. So yeah. they threw me in a semi and I drove semi for two weeks. But we just kind of started establishing a foothold in this base. So that when we were done, more people could move in and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. From what I've yeah. heard, when I left, Al-Assad was pretty much back to, like, full 96-square-mile massive base no with shit. a fucking pizza hut in it. Yeah, that's a huge that's, – that's big. I mean, that's a big base. Yeah. Um, did you guys ever do any work with, like, Special Forces guys at all throughout your, your time in there? Um, no. I mean, we did some training with them, like, with the Iraqis. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even those guys, to my knowledge, weren't going outside the wire. Um, they were just helping the Iraqis. 
get ready to go to war. Um, that deployment was pretty boring. I mean, we had rockets shot at us every fucking day for, we take like seven rockets a day. Uh, and we're talking 125 millimeter rockets, like big fucking fuck you rockets. Yeah. Um, so we got rocketed. ISIS attacked the Iraqi side of the base, killed 16 Iraqis in their sleep. Damn. And this was the deployment. This was the deployment that I decided I was done. Um, because we were over there building a relationship with the Iraqi army. You know, we're, we're, if anything happens on base, we'll be there. We got your back. Um, so 16 guys got killed in their sleep, suicide bombers. Um, they snuck on the base. I won't talk about how, cause then people know no. how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but they, they snuck on the base. Um, I want to say it was like eight suicide bombers. So six of them detonated. Jesus um, Christ. And we got over there and, uh, they didn't let us, let us engage the ISIS fighters. Um, so the Iraqis are all like, dude, what the fuck? You said you were going to help us if something happened. We didn't help them. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just a shit show, man. And like, yeah, I'm not one for politics. I fucking hate politics. I hate politicians. I just want to be left the fuck alone. And when you start fucking with other people's lives, whether they're Iraqi or Afghan or Chinese, I don't give a fuck. Like, just let people live their fucking lives. Yeah. We were, we were there. We could have helped. I mean, we couldn't have saved those 16 lives, but we could have done something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's rough. I mean, that, that's brutal. Fuck. Yeah, it, it, that just brought up a thought to me. So does, so as far as PTSD or something, w- would you admit that you have some sort of PTSD or you've, you've dealt with some sort of PTSD from combat or, or your deployments and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm sure I, not openly, like, have I ever noticed it? But like my wife would probably tell you there's some sort of something there. Right, yeah. and I think, and I'm the I'm in the same boat as you, in law enforcement wise, is that my wife would be like, oh yeah, there's there's some things that changed about you, but yeah, is it? Do you think that sometimes the the not being able to, and the, it's the the mundane things that people look back and go, oh, you know, like oh, you can look bad at Afghanistan, you were you're in the shit or you're in combat um, a lot, right, or or more than Iraq, right? Yeah. And then you yeah. look at Iraq and you go the not being able to do stuff and not not being able to help the people or not being able to do that 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 gives its its own certain sense of PTSD and hey, I I want I'm here to fucking help people. That's what you're there yeah. to do. Um, yeah, I that's bet what you, law I enforcement's bet you that, there to do. I bet you that fucked me up more than then, like, the only thing I can remember fucking me up in Afghanistan was Jones losing his leg. Because if right. I would have killed those guys, Jones would still have his leg. Um, yeah. But, like, I remember in Iraq, like, you had a company of Marines. You could have sent us down the road into Ramadi, and we could have just taken the fight to the fucking enemy. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we're, and everybody saw the videos. You saw dump truck loads of people being taken to the river, shot in the head and dumped in the river. People yeah. putting in shark cages and thrown to the bottom of a pool and drowned Debt cord wrapped around people's necks, and then they get beheaded. They had them in fucking slaughterhouses, hanging by their ankles on a meat hook, cutting their throats and bleeding them out. Yeah, it's fucking like, ruthless. All I wanted to do that last deployment was like, let me go kill as many of yeah. these fucking people as I can, because they're not people. They're they're fucking yeah. 
Animals. There's not even a word to describe what ISIS yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Demons. That's, yeah, you're right. I mean, They're like worse than animals, like fucking vicious animals. I mean, yeah, you're, no, you're right. They make, they make the that. Taliban look like fucking JV. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's and, wild. And man, we're I mean. just sitting there with our hands tied, not being able to go fight. Yeah. And a lot of times that's where the There's, politics come into play when you guys are there to do your job and, and are willing to do the job. It's just there's somebody above your boss that that is that's just not not the, not the name yeah, of the game fucking, for them yeah some, fucking some politician here in washington exactly i was yep. gonna say here here in the states that are making those rules or they're making those choices for you guys you know and yeah dude so um when you guys come back so you, you were in iraq for what a le- little less than a year uh yes i want to say we were we were in iraq that deployment was seven seven or eight months um we were in iraq i think for six Okay, and there was there was pretty much no combat in Iraq, right? No, I di- I didn't fire around. I mean, we we got rocketed all the time. Um, I almost shot a guy on post the night of the suicide bombers. Um, I was on a post by a road, and there was a guy walking up, and we had intel that suicide bombers had gotten on a base, and they said nope. if his foot hits the curb, drop him. Yeah. His foot didn't hit the curb. I don't yeah. think he was a suicide bomber either, but. No, like, I mean, we saw a lot of fucked up Iraqi soldiers come back, kids come back all fucked up, um, because we just sent them to the wolves. We sent them to fight a war. They weren't prepared to fucking fight. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do, that- do you have like a, in, in all your deployments, do you have a story where it's like the never quit story? Like for those of you out there, like this is the, this is why I am who I am or, or I'm. You know, I go out there and I take care of business kind of kind of story. Yeah, like and, and maybe it's not one. I mean, maybe you already told it, or maybe there was a time where like you just felt like it was you know maybe not hard for you, but um, a, a moment where yeah you wanted to quit and or, or give up and and something drove you to to get past that. And we kind of talked about it earlier about like why we do what we do um, because like I said, like fuck, there's times where I'm like God. Why, why am I doing this? And then I quickly snap myself out of that and remind myself why. And we, we just, we already talked about that, but yeah. So um, like Iraq, I remember thinking like I was, we were in Iraq and I was like, this is a bullshit deployment. Like we're not doing anything. We're, we're not helping anybody. We're just wasting our time. And, um, the Iraqi army, we had a surgeon, uh, a surgeon with us. And so we had this little building set up as a, a surgical center. So the Iraqis would always bring their casualties to us. And I remember this guy came in one day and like, I was, I was done with deployment. I was done with the Marine Corps. I had a bad taste in my mouth and this Iraqi soldier came in and he had a left leg amputation above the knee. He had a gunshot wound to his chest and he had a gunshot wound to like his neck. And I remember I jumped on him and, um, started checking tourniquets and and wounds and shit waiting for the the surgeons to get up there, and then you kind of got to check them for bombs, too, because they're Iraqi soldiers, but you never fucking know with those people. Yeah. And and I remember thinking, like, they put him in the, the, the truck, and they, they wheeled him out of there, and, and that was kind of the moment where I was like, well, if I'm here providing security so that Green Berets and other guys can can go train these dudes so this shit doesn't fucking happen... That was kind of where my mindset on that deployment changed. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't think like my true never quit story. If you want to talk about like a true never quit moment, was when I left the military. 
because that's when shit got fucking hard. Yeah, and that, that I, was, I was gonna ask that, like, what that, what was it like when I got out of military? Fucked up. Yeah, and like, can you describe that with you us? Like, can you can elaborate, and if you um, don't, that's fine too. Well, you know, you're you're everybody's super excited, obviously, right? Because you're done with the bullshit. I remember my wife and I were driving away. I had my truck and her car on a trailer, and we're heading to Wisconsin to go to the cabin. And everything was fine and good. And then, and then I started working a construction job within like two weeks of getting out. And then it kind of sets in like I gained weight really quick. Like I put on mm-hmm. like 60 pounds in the first three months I'd gotten out. Yeah. And I remember looking in the mirror one day and I'm like, dude, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. And my sense of pride was gone. My sense of purpose was gone. I was um, just installing doors at the time, like front doors, patio doors, whatever. I was making good money. I mean, it was it was a good job. I just, there was no pride. There was no purpose. And uh, I just remember fucking, I tried to get back in the military like four fucking times. Like all I wanted to do was go back. I was like, let me put on the uniform. Let me have my pride. Mm-hmm. Because you get out and like, like I don't ever want anybody to thank me for my service. I, I selfishly served i did it for me i didn't do it for anybody else yeah um but like it's weird because like i got out and like everybody used to know who i was it was oh hey there's fucking pricket what's up man you know oh pricket he's a good fucking machine gunner and then you're a Mm -hmm. civilian and like nobody knows who you are people just are shitty you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i was dealing with a lot of rich people who just looked at me like i was some fucking peasant right yeah my my purpose was just fucking gone i was depressed as fuck um i just i would go to sleep hoping i didn't wake up in the morning um and it some some things happened um and i know my dad's gonna watch this so i'm not gonna fucking get into it (laughs) um but uh some things happened 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 and 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 that was when i said okay I'm supposed to be here. Um, and I never looked back, but like yeah. the first, I'd say the first two years I was out, I struggled hard. Um, and like, you know, I told you guys before the show, I've lost 36 guys to fucking suicide. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that's a, a lot. It's horrible and incredible. And it's, it's something that, that people don't, they, they don't think about, you know, there's, you know, there's, I, and I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't get a Purple Heart, right? Nope. Um, Some of them yeah. from combat, you know, but yeah. But, yeah. but the, not for that. And um, no. to say that that's not related to their military time is, is fucking asinine and stupid. So yeah. they're a so, casualty of they're a casualty of war, which is what a what a Purple Heart is, right? Is a ca- yeah. And correct me if I could be wrong. It's a casualty of war is a Purple Heart. Yep. I, I don't know. I've come to the realization that I don't think all veteran suicide is PTSD. Um, yeah, I, I think agree. a lot of it is. I think of a lot of it is you lose that pride and that purpose. Um, yeah. So like the first suicide we had was um, June 6, 2014. Um, my buddy, Sergeant Joshua Beal, who had been on three Iraq deployments and an Afghanistan deployment, um, shot himself in the head. And Beal was like a superhero to us, right? Like, this guy survived all this combat, like, whatever. And he killed himself. And I talked to his widow later, and, and 
he was in a scout sniper platoon and had to shoot a kid and that fucked him mm-hmm. up. Um, yeah. but I know a lot of guys that committed suicide that never saw combat. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you get out and, and it's the Marine Corps fault. They, they push all this fluff like, Oh, you're a veteran. Everyone's going to want to hire you. You're, you're this, you're that. A lot of companies don't want a veteran because there's so much misconception with going to war and having PTSD that they all think we're fucking nutcases. Yeah. So these guys get out, they can't get a job, they're fucking broke, they get divorced, they they get arrested, they drink too fucking much, and then they go, eh, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, I was getting a call twice a month. Hey, so-and-so killed himself. Hey, Oxner killed himself. Hey, Swindler killed himself. Hey, fucking... Martinez killed himself. It was just nonstop. Yeah, that's fucking and rough. And my hey, unit since... Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, my unit, so like everybody knows the 22-a-day veteran bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, my unit since 2004 has lost at least 70 guys to suicide. God. At least. Yeah, a lot. So that, my unit is the reason suicide in the veteran community became a thing because they were losing guys so much from like 04 to 08, those deployments, they were just losing guys at the rapid rate, like just nonstop. Yeah. Like I told you, um, before the show, my, my buddy who was in that, in that time frame, uh, same thing. Um, and then I, I, I have a buddy here in town that, um, I met him at, I met him at the gym, um, was also in the Marine Corps, um, probably around your time, actually. And he knew I was in law enforcement. We're at the gym, and he's chatting with me. And um, good dude, he's got you know some tattoos on him. And I asked him about him, and he had shared a story with me about um, when he got out of the Marine Corps. Same thing that you just described. He lost his purpose. He felt like he wasn't like any of value to anybody, and um, went to a park here in town and had a he had a loaded gun and. He put it to his head and he's like, I was going to, I was going to fucking kill myself. And someone happened to be walking by the park, saw him with the gun, called the cops, cops showed up there and luckily they didn't shoot him. But, um, yeah, you know, he shared that story with me and I'm like, wow, man, like that's pretty, pretty powerful and pretty deep. You know, that, that, uh, he, he got to that point too, where he just felt like he just didn't have a purpose, um, after serving in the military and doing all those things. And he deployed several times as well to, Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, and now the guy is a great dude. He, um, got his shit together and ended up going to college. Um, now he's got kids, um, solid, solid guy, but fuck, I could totally see that. Like guys coming out of the military and yeah, I can't say that I can relate, but, um, I don't know. I think there's things that we do in our job where like for me, you know, like I was, you know, the dog handler for a long time and, I got to do a lot of cool shit doing that and, and was involved in a lot of high stakes stuff. And then it was like, yeah, I promote out of that. And now I'm, now I'm a supervisor, but I, I had the same like depression feeling of like, I don't know. I felt like I didn't have any, I don't know, like value anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fucking asset to, to anybody anymore when really I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big asset to a lot of different people. But, um, when you do shit like that, and like I said, it almost becomes like an addictive thing, you know, like combat or when you're, you get an adrenaline spike, that's like not a whole lot can top that. Uh, it, it kind of becomes addicting. And then yeah. when you don't get that, when you just come off that fucking high and you're not getting that, that anymore, like 
I guess most people wouldn't understand, but um, I guess it'd be like telling a fucking heroin junkie to just quit doing heroin and cold turkey and figure it out. Like that just doesn't yeah. happen, you know. So well, it's it's um, it's like being a marine. Even though I, you know, I only served for four years, so I can't imagine guys after twenty. But that yeah. was who I I identified as a marine. Like that was yeah. everything to me. And then yeah. I get out, and it's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a carpenter. Oh, how long have you been doing that? Oh, before that, I was a marine. And then everybody treats you different, right? And like yeah. now, I don't, I don't talk about it. Like, if you see my tattoos and ask me, I'll tell you I'm a veteran. But like, I don't talk about it. I think like the the easiest way for me to get out of that place was to kind of just leave it behind. Um, yeah. And like, I'm very proud of my service. You know, there's a lot of guys who did way more shit than I could ever fucking do. Yeah. But I'm proud of what I did. Um, yeah. And I have no problem talking about it, but I, I notice I definitely don't bring it up like I used to. Like, when I first got out of the Marine Corps, all I talked about was, like, Marine Corps stuff. Like, deployments yeah. or, or my friends. And then the the longer I was out, the more I realized, like, that's not fucking helping me. Like, yeah. you can't live well, in the past. You, you brought up identity and everything, and... and I think it relates to law enforcement a lot, and I'm sure some people will will chastise me for this or whatever, but I think that there's a lot of people in law enforcement, men and women, and they identify themselves as cops, which I don't necessarily want to say is a bad thing. I don't think it is, I see but, what I, you're saying. but I think that you have to, you have to be, you have to be Caden, you got to be Kyle, I got to be Billy, and, uh, yep. you know, um, Whatever it is, is um, I had friends before I got into law enforcement, and I still have some of those same friends. And I, I hang out with cops, Kyle here, and uh, some friends from work and stuff. But I, I try to not make my life all about being a cop. And yeah. we see these, you see these guys, and and you see the the Marine Corps guys or whatever. And you're like, oh, there's a Marine. Um, you know, I'm sure you can pick them out. Like there could be. Forty people in here, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a marine yeah. or former marine or yeah. whatever." And, and yeah. the same thing with cops. You'd be like, "Oh, that's a cop." Yeah. And, and they could be at the grocery store with their family. You're like, "You know, yeah, you, yeah, you're you know a cop. Yeah. You're a cop." And um, not to say that's bad. And there's plenty of people I know that are like that. But I think that you just need to you need to have your outlet and don't let. Well, be proud. Definitely be proud of uh, you know, like your service. You should be extremely proud. Law enforcement, I think you should be proud of what, what you do and what you're doing or what you did, no matter what it is, but don't let it define you as who you are. Um, exactly. You're beyond that. You're beyond that. Not that it's a bad thing. Yeah, I, that, I think that it, it definitely should be part of you, but it's not your definition. Yeah, that, yeah. that was my problem is it, it defined me. Now I avoid veterans. Like I have some of the guys from my unit live within – 20 minutes of me. Um, I hang out with those guys, but like, I don't look for veterans to hang out with. Yeah. Um, one, most of them are just whiny bitches. Um, a lot <laughs> of veterans feel like they're, a lot of veterans feel like they're owed something because they served. Um, and yeah. I just, I don't feel that way. Like you signed up, you did it, you get your free college and you get your VA disability. <laughs> Nobody owes yeah, you like, a thank feel- you. Nobody owes you a fucking thing. I feel the same. I disagree I with you. Like- I, I I do think we owe you a thank you, but maybe not. You know, like yeah. I, I, I feel whatever. the same way. Like 
you know, like Billy just said, like there's, um, and I'm sure people that listen to this, you know, are, are feeling the same way where like, you know, yeah, I have a very small group of friends from work or, or in law enforcement in general that I, maybe I don't even work with. They work at different agencies, but like I have a very small group of friends. And when I mean very small, like I mean a few, a hand less, I can count on one, one hand. How many Agreed, guys yeah. in law enforcement that I hang out with? Yeah. Because like you just said, dude, I don't want to talk about that shit outside of work. And, and you know, I, I kind of see it more like obviously the newer guys because they're super fucking pumped on like being a, being a cop or whatever. But they, all they want to do is hang out with each other and talk cop shit outside of work. And their wives are like, this is fucking stupid. Like I want to leave, you know, or whatever, because they're just talking cop shit. Yeah. But like, I don't do that. Like I hang out with, um, well, fuck, I have barely any friends anyways, but the friends I do hang out with for, for good reason, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not in law enforcement. <laughs> I just want to fucking hang out with some buddies. I don't want to talk about work and, and shit that I've done at work because people like to ask about it. And if people ask like, whatever, yeah. I'm an open book. I'll tell you, I don't, I don't care about that, but it's like, I'm not going to go out and seek that. Like, let's talk about war stories and, and the shit that I've done at work. Like that's not me. And it helps your psyche by not doing that. Like, like Billy just said, like, dude, even when he and I hang out, like we'll have beer and, and shoot the shit, but very rarely do we ever even talk about work. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not, not that I don't share is a fucking enough to talk about work. I think, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's just not healthy to me. Right. I, like d- defining yourself no, because, by that to me is not healthy. And well, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I've learned more about your work life or work career or whatever from this this show that we're doing than I had by just hanging out with you because we're we're forced to talk about some yeah. of these things which are good that we're bringing them up and and I do honestly think that we're we're bringing them up for the right reasons but you know we don't sit here and and drink beer to copious amounts sometimes you just share war stories talk about, like, oh, I did going? this day I did this day I did this day yeah. and like oh cool like fuck yeah you're 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 so good I I love you you're yeah. great Person. Yeah, let me drool all over you because yeah. you're a badass. Like, yeah. nah, fuck that. Like, we I mean, look at him. He's stuff. a pretty motherfucker too. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah he's it. very, very pretty. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, to to your point, dude, <laughs> I'm the same way. I, you know, Billy's the same way. And and for anybody listening, like, venture outside of your your career, or your job, or whatever. Like, go make friends doing something something else. You know, especially if you're a first responder, like. I don't even care if you're a medic, firefighter, like whatever, like military or former military. Yeah. Go venture outside of your, your club, go meet people that don't share the same, um, you know, common knowledge as you, as far as your career goes. And any psychologist will tell you the same thing to me. It's like not healthy. Yeah. So I don't know. I I agree with you. I think the best thing I ever did was just leave. Like if, if I'm with guys I served with, we'll talk war stories in Marine Corps, but like, yeah, if you're, you're just a veteran, buddies. there's there's a good chance like we could talk about yeah, I served, I went to this place and this place. I'm not talking to you about this shit. Like right, I'm a carpenter yeah. now. I build decks. Um I build houses. Um my body's broken and I probably shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to talk That's why about I became a cast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think our paths are kinda like opposite a little bit seems like i did construction and carpentry and everything for 10 years and then i got into first responder or whatever but i mean comparable we won't say they're opposites but i i decided to break my body in the marine corps and then just you know go into a super labor intensive job and break it some more 
Uh, yeah, I, I know you're. Just don't file a workman's comp claim. Your, bo- your boss will be a little pissed off with you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I could go on for hours about that, and yeah. and Ugh, fuck. they'll probably listen to this. And I love them, but fuck them. Yeah, 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 dude. Thank, thanks for sharing your stories with us. I mean, that's pretty heavy shit. You know, I mean, I don't know. Most people no, can't. Bad. Most people it's can't relate. Badass. Yeah, no, it is, and and you know, you may not say it, but like we, we obviously appreciate what you do, and. People tell us all the time, like, oh, hey, thank you for your service. And I'm the same way. I'm like, you know, you don't need to thank me for something I signed up for. Like, I, I'm i willingly doing this job. I don't have to do this job. Not like yeah. I was forced to do it. I choose to do it. Um, and I choose to continue to do it. Well, um, and then you can get on social media and everything. And, the, and then it can go two ways. You can look at the, uh, you know, CNN or whatever, and they can you know, there's a story about whatever and they can tell you, Hey, you're fucking the worst of the planet. And then you get on to like some of these law enforcement, uh, Facebook pages or whatever. They're like, thank you for your service. Thank you. And it just gives you black and white is what I always say is like, yeah, there's people that love you. There's people that hate you and they're extremes. Right. Yeah. Um, there's, there's the majority is like, eh, you know, like they do a lot of good. Sometimes they fuck up, right? And I think the the same thing could be said about military. Is like they do. Actually, I think that you guys do way better than us, but especially from the public's view. But Did I, uh, I deployed with a guy who's in prison for murder. God, no shit. Like after he got out, or no, like while he was in the Marine Corps, he had an affair with his neighbor's wife. She got pregnant. He killed her. And the baby Jeez. because she was pregnant and threw her body down a mine shaft. It was oh, all over the news. Yeah. You guys are in California, so you probably saw the fucking article. Um, yeah, yeah. Did that happen in California? Yeah, I think I did actually hear about that down in Southern California. Yeah, yeah. Cody Lee, fucking turd. Damn. But yeah, he fucking murdered his lover um, who was pregnant and threw her down a mine shaft. The only reason he got caught is because the dumb fuck Googled mine shafts and. 29 palms or Joshua tree or whatever it was as a, as a, as a detective who's investigated things like fucking, if you want to commit a crime, don't be fucking dumb, but <laughs> don't you I'm sorry. <laughs> fucking get rid of your social media too. But, uh, or, or go, don't, direction. don't wait. <laughs> Everyone keep your social media and keep your cell phone on you. If you commit a crime, yeah. uh, PSA yeah. there, but, um, <laughs> It's just like you look at that and you go, okay, that guy made the news, made the whatever. Um, Fuck, we could pick one of 3,000 stories about cops who did something fucked up and made the news or whatever. And and it's such a minority, right? But it's the people are going to look at it and they go, hey, you know, that's what you guys do. Uh, You know, Marines are, are violent people. Uh, cops are violent people, and you know you are violent. Well, Marines are violent people. You were trying to be a violent. He's you, like, eh, you, we kind of are. I mean, you, you guys are you guys are warranted violent people, is what I think. Yeah, I really think, and I and I will say that I think that you guys have done fucking great deals of violence, and I think cops have done some great deals of violence that needs to be fucking done. Yeah, sometimes it needs to be done. And- there's a time for violence, and there's a time for not violence, and I think that. The majority of Marines, Army, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard. The last um, three but, you but, can just leave out. Okay. Yeah. 
the majority will say are um, great fucking people who've done their fucking job and kicked some motherfucking ass. And then when they were done kicking ass, they kicked ass in something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have, so have shit bags in anything. Yes. You know, oh, yeah, you, for sure. You Don't paint a bad light that, on any profession. You got doctors yeah, that sexually assault kids. chicks and. Fuck, yeah, you're, I mean, you're a carpenter. I mean, like, yeah. I worked construction for 10 years. I worked with way more fucking criminals. Yeah. I saw, yeah. I, I've seen them at work in my next work yeah. career. Like, hey, yeah. how's it going, Mike? And I do, before before we wrap this up, I do kind of want to real quickly touch on, like, um, it, it, it it's a pivotal pivotal point right now for us with this whole Afghan thing going on in Afghanistan and, and pulling out. And um, we've been seeing it all over the news. Um, you know, real quick, I mean, you obviously have way more knowledge in that than we do. Like, like, what, how are your feelings about that? Like, to me, it just seems like it, it was like, instead of like slowly pulling out or coming up with some strategic plan to do it, it just seemed like it was like all, all, all now, like just boom, everyone's out. And then it was like, fend for yourself. And we thought, I guess our, the administration thought that, it, they could fend for themselves. Fuck, I don't know, but it just seemed like way too, way too much at, at one time. I don't, am I wrong or no? I mean, first of all, the administration fucking guy doesn't even know how to tie his own goddamn shoes. Um, yeah, but you know, if if you look at World War Two, we have a base in Japan, we have a base yeah. in Germany, we have a base in Korea from the Korean War. If if you want to fight people, kill people, make life better for the local people, then you need to keep a presence in that country to ensure when shitheads kick yeah. up, you can go stomp them back in the fucking dirt. The The problem with Afghanistan is um, most Afghans aren't educated. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can take any American for the most part and make them a lethal warfighter. Mm-hmm. Most Afghans can't even figure out how to do a jumping jack. Um, I think I saw that YouTube video, but go ahead. Yeah, like that. That's a real, real thing. So you have to leave. And the way we left Afghanistan, they left in the middle of the night. Literally, a convoy rolled out of Kandahar in the middle of the night, and they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. We spent twenty years over there shedding American blood. And Afghan blood, because the Afghans were fighting yeah. with us. We battled and battled to, to take ground and hold ground. A lot of fucking dudes died and, and got fucked yeah. up and never came back the same. And in nine days, the Taliban took it all back. I yeah, think that, that seems fucking crazy. You know, I, I'm bothered by it because, you know, it, part of it feels like it was a waste. It was a waste of life. Yeah. It was a waste of money. It was a waste of time. But it's not yeah. a total waste because I made memories. I made things better for the people when I could make things better. Yeah. We killed a lot of fucking Taliban. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we did a huge disservice to, like, the interpreters. I mean, I've been talking to my Terp who um, lives in California now. And I got another Sorry. Terp that lives lives in Australia but like their families are still over there. Um, yeah. There was a big push on Instagram um, and we managed to get another interpreter out. But like those guys were on the front lines with us. Um, some of them had their families murdered. Some of them went home to see their families and got killed by the Taliban when they got home. 
we owe it to those Jeez. interpreters to put them on a fucking plane and make them U.S. citizens. Because without yeah. them, we couldn't have done our job. Yeah. And you can't, you can't stay and fight in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is the graveyard of empires. No fucking army has ever came into an Afghanistan and won, right? I know everybody likes to talk about, oh, fucking Taliban, they're all fucking stupid, la da da. They are hellacious fucking warriors. Yeah. I have a lot of fucking respect for the Taliban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're pieces of shit, and yeah. I, wish we, oh. I wish we would have killed more of them. But yeah. they fight, and they fight fucking hard. And they are very hardened people who are born into war and live war every fucking day. Those guys will take a fucking 90-pound machine gun and run up the mountains faster than you could drive a truck up it. Yeah. They, I think they are when you, hard fucking dudes. Yeah, I think when you strip away the evilness of them and you, you just talk about, like, the heart and will that they have for the cause that they believe in, you're right. Like, you, how could you not... I'll take a fucking guy like that beside me any day. They're, they're fucking warriors. They really yeah. are. They're warriors yeah. for the wrong cause. In, but it's in, what they in, believe in, in. Our, in our thoughts, in our opinions, and in, in most of the fucking world. But um, they are warriors, but yeah. for the wrong cause is what and, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, those dudes stuck it to Russia. Those dudes stuck it to us. And we have night vision and lasers and planes and tier one operators and and fucking you name it we have it and they still yeah fucking pushed our shit in but you know the problem is now you pulled out like a fucking coward Mm -hmm. and all the schools we built all the trillions of dollars we wasted you know i i got a buddy cody who was a, a special operations guy for 15 years and you know, he had a post talking about, you know, it wasn't wasted, but Cody's like, we had to get the fuck out of there. And that's a guy who did like yeah. 11 combat deployments or something. Um, but I, I just, I feel terrible for the Afghan people. Like, I, I reached out to my Terp this morning and I'm like, hey man, I'm sorry we failed you. Like, yeah. girls, little girls are going to go back to being sex slaves. Women mm-hmm. are going to go back to getting beaten and murdered. Um, I just read an article today that a Afghan interpreter got caught. They hung him in the street. They cut his arms off. They melted his DOD um, God. ID into his chest, and then they gang raped his ten-year-old daughter right there in the street. Jesus Christ! That that alone makes you just want to go back. Like I'll yeah, like, I'll sign up tomorrow. Yeah. Would we ever win a war in That's Afghanistan? Us. Not unless you're willing to do what we did to the Japanese in World War II. We have to kill yeah. everything. We have to drop nukes. Everything. We have to yeah. make them understand that we are not to be fucked with. So no, we would never win in Afghanistan. But I yeah, feel we fucking never terrible. That. Terrible. Yeah, that's, and that's, that is that's terrible. the fucking problem, man. The American people can't stomach what happens has to happen in war. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to go win a war, then you keep the goddamn cameras out and you let me go to work. And you mm-hmm. let me carry the burden of what I have to do to make sure that another 9-11 never fucking happens. But those fucking people deserved better from America because we sat there and it took 20 years to get them on our side. I mean, it took 20 years. Most there's remote parts of Afghanistan where like army units would go and they thought they were fucking Russians. That's how out of tune they are with with the world. But yeah, with anything. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. They're like, oh, are you guys the Soviets are still here? And like, no, we're Americans. Yeah, Yeah, they're like, 
it was it was 20 years of bullshit we fed to them like we're going to help you we're going to support you you're going to have a free country in 9 days the country was taken and it's back to sharia law and horrible horrible conditions and i see all these stupid fucking celebrities making posts about we have to help the people of afghanistan you want to help the people of the afghanistan stop voting for the dumb shit fucking democrats you put in office because yeah, they're the ones yeah. that keep fucking this shit up yeah 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 they're 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 uh kind of voting voting for the wrong cause and then they're preaching something totally different it's like yeah you can't can't do that but yeah, yeah. it seems like a fucked up situation like obviously you know i don't i don't I only see what I see. You, you were there, and you have an intimate knowledge of all that. Um, it does seem fucked up, and and then you're seeing these footages of like people clinging to these planes and falling off the air, these aircrafts mid-flight, and it's like you have got to think to yourself to be that desperate. Things have got to be really fucking bad. You want to talk um, about to desperate? That. I just saw a video of a father and mother passing their kids to the front of this crowd to get them through the airport, knowing they will never see their children again to give them a chance at not being killed by the Taliban. That's, that's heartbreaking. <clears throat> yeah. I just had a kid. Yeah. I could not imagine passing my kid off to anyone for any reason. To anybody. Yeah, no. not not a fucking babysitter, not anybody, not alone random-ass people just to, just to just make it. Take it's, my it's kid and get them the fuck out of here. Yeah, no we, way. We, Would never happen. we failed. We failed big time, and and politicians need to be held accountable. And I, I get we can't be over there fighting forever because it costs so much money and we'll never win. But there had yeah. to be a better policy to protect those people because after 20 years, those people deserve better. And most of the yeah. Afghans I met were incredible fucking people, hardworking people. People in America think they work hard. You ain't got shit on an Afghan man. That dude yeah. will work you no, into I, the fucking dirt, it. pick you up, and then work you into the fucking dirt again. Yeah, I, be, I believe it. No, I mean, I, the, the environment though they work in and live in is fucking treacherous. Most people around here, here in America, wouldn't even think about doing something like that. You know, some people bitch because, you know, fuck, I don't know, you name it. Like, the most minor thing. Yeah, like, just the stupidest shit. And then you, you bring that up, and it's like, you think about it, and you're like, god damn, dude. Like, they fucking live in dirt huts, and... Hundred fucking twenty degree weather out there, humping their ass like nobody. Dude, they they nobody have like can fucking 20, hold a camel to that. Twenty thirty acre fields, and they do it with a garden hoe, and they make yeah. a terrorist yeah, system, a, a grid system to flood the field. They they build their house out of mud and straw, which by the way will yeah. stop bullets and rockets and grenades. It's fucking incredible what that building will stop. <laughs> but like the average house in Afghanistan has one light bulb. And God. people in America bitch and moan about fucking the cops are bad and, and there's racists everywhere. You want to talk about persecution? Go spend one week in Afghanistan. And if you make it out alive being white or black or anything other than an Afghan Muslim, you'll come back yeah. to here with a whole other fucking appreciation for what we have here. Uh -huh. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's that's wild. Well, we'll we'll see what happens, you know, from, from here. I mean... Um, Obviously, this is all unfolding, and we, we don't know what the future holds, but uh, I guess we'll see, huh? I mean, who I, knows? I just, I, I hope to God we, I just, I hope they do right by everybody who worked for us while we were there. I mean, my, my yeah, terms yeah. are here, but if I heard that my interpreters got killed in the street, I'd be fucking pissed. Because yeah. those guys worked with us, no gun. They were in the shit with us every fucking time we went out. 
and they knew if the Taliban could figure out who their families were, they'd murder their families. Those guys they'd gave kill up them, yeah. everything, and we just yeah. left them there yeah. to fucking die. Yeah, it's fucked up. Craziness. Well, there there are a lot of things going on on social media right now where you can donate to um to to bring those guys over here, or, or if not here, to at least to a safer safer area so they're not uh affected by that so if, i mean if you see something like that online on a on a social media account or whatever obviously make sure it's legit but um we there are things that we can do to help help that out am i wrong no yeah there's there's some funds going on um some instagram pages are doing something um but a side note is like to any guys that served in afghanistan like don't feel like your service was wasted don't feel like your friends died for nothing um yeah at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck what the politics were. I fought for my brothers to my left and right. I would have died for mm-hmm. my brothers to my left and right. Everything was done for you. You know, your your buddy that took that round, he didn't die for fucking Obama. He didn't die for Bush. Yeah. He didn't die for Trump. He died so you didn't have to. Yeah. And yeah. you made an impact. And he'd do it again, probably. In a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. 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 You made an impact on the Afghan people while you were there. We sent a lot of them motherfuckers to hell. Mm-hmm. Be proud of what you did. Hold your head up high. Don't feel like it was a waste. And hold your fucking politicians accountable. I know it's hard because they can get away with murder. Uh, <coughs> Hillary Clinton. Um, but, you know, <laughs> just just be proud. Because, honestly, I foresee more veteran suicide because of this. Yeah. Because a lot yeah, of guys wild, are going to be like, well, I'm all fucked up in the head. And what was it for? It was for nothing. Yeah, I agree. It's not. It definitely was not for nothing. No, um, definitely not. And Don't. even in those twenty years that that we were engaged in that, like you, you made a profound impact in those twenty years. Um, yep. You know. So, yeah. Well, thanks for that. I mean, do you have a like a PSA or something you want to throw out there? Do Do you know of a nonprofit or anything that um, people can go to to either donate or help out? I know. Um, on, I, on I, my page, there's a couple guys. Um, I don't know if you follow like Sean Rogers. Sean Buck Rogers has a thing going on right now. He's he's raising some money. Good old Sean, huh? Um, uh, there's yeah, one. So, uh, wait a minute. I'm just gonna pop up. Um, yeah, there's a GoFundMe for the emergency flight fund for at-risk Afghans. Um, there you go. And they're so at-risk Afghans. Yeah. What the fuck is this? It's our I don't, I don't fucking know. Send it to Kyle. Maybe he can uh, put it on Instagram yeah, or something. I'll, I'll do that. I'll send it to yeah, you. Yeah, I'll get it out there. Um, yeah, we'll get it out there. I mean, there, there's a lot of shit out there right now where, where we can help help these uh, interpreters out um, and get them safe. I mean, like like Caden said, I mean, they they risk they risked everything to help us, and then it feels like we just abandoned them. Yep. So yeah, we need to do our part and help out. You can write your you can write your congressman and be like, hey, I got a fucking Afghan terp and I want him fucking brought here because there was supposed to be a program that was supposed to happen for him anyway. And yeah. like you know, America does with everything else, they failed. They'd rather have illegals and drugs come in than fucking people who deserve to come in. Whatever, we're gonna get into politics. I'm gonna get fucking pissed. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I I hope we can at least get those people out because those people fucking deserve it more than anybody yeah. that come live the American dream. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that and sharing that with everybody too, because there's a lot of people that have no idea. They have no clue um, what this involves and what this entails and how they, they, how much they actually helped us. 
um, and how now we, we all need to step up and help them. Even if you never even went to war or were in the military or you're here in America, like you want to do your part, like there's a way to do your part. And really it's like right now, now's the time to do your part, step up. Um, so thank you for that. Um, how can people find you? I mean, what's your, uh, what's your Instagram? If people want to look you up, uh, I think it's just my name. Can hold you. I think it's just at Caden Prickett. Okay. All right. Um, I'll put that uh, in the show notes. But yeah. So just, if anybody wants to hit a cat, Caden, yeah. If you guys, um, can people come to you if they, um, I don't know if they, they're reaching out or, or whatever. You're, you're uh, yeah, comfortable man. with people I, coming to you. I, I talk to guys all the time that are on the ledge or, you know, young guys wanting to go in the military, you know, my thoughts yeah. on joining the military today. Um, but yeah, my inbox is always open. Um, Awesome. Even if you just got questions, yeah, people appreciate on that. So. Yep. Yeah, if you want to know how to oh, build shit. a deck, I got fifty thousand of them. Yeah, <laughs> hit up, uh, hit up, Cadence. You yeah. hit the nail with the hammer. Yeah, uh, I use a drill, <laughs> but you know you can use oh, a hammer if so, you want. Okay. Well, I've checked your shit out, dude. It's pretty, pretty legit. I like it. Um, yeah, we built some nice shit. Yeah. Well, thanks for jumping on with us, dude. Like, I really appreciate it. And um, thank you for educating us. Yeah. And, and everybody else that's listening, you know, I mean, it's no joke, you know, what's going on right now. And, and uh, you know, I know you don't like it, but we can't thank you enough for your service. I, I greatly appreciate it. I know yeah. Billy does. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, your whole family. Um, yeah, but I, I couldn't thank you enough, dude. And all your and all your buddies yeah. that fought alongside you, you know, we, we thank them too, so... The fight continues, that's for sure. Um, thanks for joining in, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.